three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cummingham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Alright peoples, what's going on everybody? It's the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror coming at you live with episode 30. Yeah, it's kind of a mild milestone I would say. It's a I'm mild milestone. What, right. what are you mean now He's starting like, off with alright, what are you? <laughs> you know, like, I know, my brain's all scrambled right now, I don't know what's going on. But I'm your host Mood616 and I've got of course my hetero life mates with me every single week we got nes ruler 22 and the homeboy double shot jay what's up homies yeah what what's up? going on how's it going how was Everyone everybody's halloween? halloween yeah i don't know man this year's halloween was very odd to me um i'm not gonna lie it was uh it was weird because i was at home handing out candy eating butter chicken <laughs> drinking shock tops and watching films i didn't go out it, it's oh, I, shock tops Man, I don't even understand what was going on. It's like the weirdest thing. There was parties going on, and I was at home, and I was just, I guess that means I'm getting old. I don't know. No. Probably. Shock Tops. Shock Top is a Belgian beer. Oh. It's fucking delicious. It doesn't oh, sound delicious. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. Even the wife was like, man, this beer is awesome. Anything Belgian is really good, in my opinion. But You get a lot of trick-or-treaters? Actually, no. Yeah. Um, for some odd reason... I live in a neighborhood that doesn't really have a whole lot of kids. Um, we have a fair amount, but they seem to skip our house for some weird reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the way we're located. Don't go to the weird horror collector's house. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But we only had about 15. And Do you guys decorate things, like outside of your house? Not really. No, mm. I've never, I just, we've been so busy this year. We didn't really do much this year at all. Um, even with that said, I was at home and I was just busy right up into the point where trick or treaters were even coming to the house. So didn't get a whole lot done, but. But, you know, with that said, like we had 15 trick-or-treaters and my sister who lives, you know, about three blocks away had about 45 to 50. So I'm like, wow. yeah, so there's what a big difference. What was you given out? I was given out uh, mini chocolate bars and Maynards. Come on, man. Where's the king size shit? <laughs> the king size They don't stuff. do that shit around here. But honestly, but honestly, um, we were given out like handfuls, like straight up handfuls. Oh, so, that's all right then. At least the kids were getting. Oh yeah, like fifteen kids. We went through like over like a hundred pieces of candy, so that was not bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually got zero trick or treaters at my house. Do you live? You live out in the country, though, right? Uh, not really. Like, yeah, I guess so. Is there anything called like... trick or treaters by you? What do you mean? Are there any trick or treaters by you? Period. Yeah, like oh, yeah. a mile away is like a, a huge patch. Like, oh. no, not even a mile. Like, a, a, like. Two thirds of a mile, hmm. Hmm. and uh, they just don't really come up here because uh, 
like we live on top of like a giant ass hill and like nobody really comes up here but um, well, that makes sense like what kind of kid yeah. wants to walk up the hill for like a couple chocolate bars he's like fuck it i'll stay down at the bowl area and you know gather up my you shit mean down a, here. Couple <laughs> a couple pennies <laughs> maybe so a few you razor actually, blades some candy so did corn actually, did you actually go out and buy candy no nobody comes oh, you did. So even if even if they came to the house you actually were giving them pennies <laughs> no, actually, you know what? My gram did buy a bowl of, uh, like a bag of, uh, Kit Kat, like white chocolate bars, or oh, yeah. like they're orange or something. And I did notice that the bowl was empty, so maybe they did come, and I just didn't realize it. You just reminded me about that. Hmm. Interesting. You have a mouth, why don't you ask? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was probably at work doing it or something, you know, I work on the weekends and stuff, so, um, yeah, but I didn't really do anything on halloween i actually just recorded my uh body bags review which that movie was awful by the way uh and i just kind of watched some uh titan fc and uh fell asleep because i had to work all early and shit the next day Hmm. yeah awesome yeah i recorded you know long ass dvd update of course it was just ridiculous with um, all my shit in there yeah, you know it was, it was so stupid like in my last update I, I told people i'm like okay next update i'm not it's not going to be that big it's going to be pretty minor i'm going to force myself not to pick up that much stuff yeah this time around it turns out that this was probably the biggest blu-ray update i've ever had i had like 37 blu-rays in this <laughs> and Jesus i had 70 Christ. and i had 79 dvds oh my god <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with me? Oh, 25, 25 came from me, so. Yeah, and like, I'm just like, holy fuck, man. I have a serious ass problem. But what really pissed me off is that I recorded this Blu-ray update, had it all done, and the fucking video didn't even record. So that was 30 minutes wasted in my life. Then I had to rip to Future Shop, grab a new fucking card, because my card was broken, redo this, but yeah, I still had fun doing it, whatever. Um, That's why you uh, backups. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, I do, and I couldn't find. I have like a smaller one, like I, the one I use in my in my camera is a thirty two gig one, and I do have a couple. Like I have a sixteen gig, and I have a couple fours. I couldn't find any of them. I don't know what happened to them, so I'm have, still looking for them. I have three thirty twos and an eight. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you always need those backups and yeah. lesson learned. But I mean, I guess I, the other card that broke kind of still does work, but I don't know. So since none of us really did anything last night too exciting, what do you guys are you guys attending parties tonight? Because it seems like most of the parties, Halloween parties that I know of, are actually going on the day after Halloween. I'm going to Rocky Horror tonight. I was going to go yesterday. It's like I don't want to go downtown on Halloween. That doesn't sound mm-hmm. fun. So I'm going. I'm going tonight. Um, there was a big party last night. Of course, I didn't go because I had to work. I'm not doing anything tonight. I got to work again tomorrow, and uh, I'm. I'm on like a six day stretch right now. So I'm getting a little tired. So I'm just going to probably watch uh, Invicta FC is on tonight. All female fighting. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, Halloween only falls on Friday of like what every seven years yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So it was, it was very interesting that there was so minor things going on last night. Everyone's kind of celebrating. It, it does make more sense to have the parties on Saturday though because more people – don't work on Sundays. So I am going to a party tonight and uh, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't even know. Like it's one of these, you know, go to kind of like a, it's like a hall type party with a whole pile of people you don't know. Now these type of parties to me are always kind of like hit and miss because I am going with a group of people, but it's like us. And you know, sometimes when you go to these parties, do you ever find yourself? It's like you guys kind of sit around in your little circle and 
everyone's kind of doing their own little things and it just turns out to be Awkward. that type of party. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But we got pretty cool costumes though, actually. What are you being? Um, I am. Uh, all you got to do is put on a freaking flannel shirt and you can be a lumberjack. Look at your beard. You got the beard. <laughs> I actually have uh, a Jack Skeleton costume from Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Emo much? Black and white. Are you going to paint your face white? I, it's it's actually a mask. It's like a fucking. It's a <laughs> fucking total... stupid. Well, fuck, man. I'm not. I just don't have the patience to paint my fucking face and shit. No, it actually the costume is like totally like legit. It was actually pretty expensive. Um, but yeah, and uh, the wife that is on DVDs, man. <laughs> whatever, wife paid for it. Um, oh, oh, that's but uh, and she's dressing up like Chucky. So that's why wouldn't the she be the uh, Sally. girl? Yeah, she, she actually was going to, but we couldn't actually find the costume. It was kind of annoying. So, damn, Chucky. She had the overalls and the. But you know, to be honest, to be honest, we're kind of sick of going as like a couple, couple. Like, let's do our own type of thing. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it seems like it's kind of cliched every year. It's like, hey, what are you guys going as? Oh, you guys are going as Michelangelo and Raphael. Oh, fuck Jesus! <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, I don't know why that would be a couple. That's well, how's your Chucky? Cost? Yeah, that was a that was a weird one. Well, you know, just something that goes together. My now, if you we was Tiffany and she was Chucky, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> hilarious. Was, Get the blonde wig. Uh, that's good shit. That's good shit. But yeah, so I don't know. The party tonight, I, I'm i not overly excited. I'm excited to hang out with people, but I don't know about these parties. Who knows? I hate parties. Yeah. I, know I don't we'll, hate parties, but... We'll see how this goes. I just, like I said, it's just sometimes they're awkward, but sometimes they're fun. Who knows? They're hit and miss. Well, does Erin have a, a Chucky mask? She does. She does it does. look shitty? A little bit, yeah. Is it like stitched up Chucky? Um, It's kind of like a combination of both. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I'll show you. It's 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 weird. I don't know. I don't really like the material on her mask. Mine's like, mine's fucking hotter than hell. I think I'm going to have to like drink through a straw tonight, <laughs> <laughs> which is just bad for everybody, really. Beer through a straw? That's just... Oh, it's so wrong. It's so wrong, but... Ah, I don't know, man. Next week I'll report on how the how the uh, party went and stuff. So I don't know. Who knows? But anyways, JP, we got some news. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death in Poland, America. Tragedy of macabre proportions. I can honestly tell you that I have never seen anything as shocking as what was discovered earlier today in sleeping obsessed movie fans who allegedly committed a series of ritualistic murders after watching last summer's blockbuster movie, The Blair Witch Project. Absolutely. As you know, we skipped last week's news, so it kind of piled up a bit. So I kind of weeded through and picked out the ones that were less important, and we got a good solid chunk of news still here. First up, this was kind of a big topic the other week, and that is Cabin Fever is being remade freshly off of Cabin Fever 3. So what the hell is up with this, guys? Why does it need to be done? That isn't the only question that you should be asking. Yes. Why are they using the original script? Yeah, what are they doing? Are they just doing Psycho but with Cabin Fever? That's like, what I said, right? I was like, this could give Gus Van Zandt's Psycho a running a run for its money. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what's funny? That everybody said the same thing. It's like as soon as everyone read that article, it's like, 
wow, this is totally going to be psycho. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how everyone had the same reaction. But, okay, let's try to put some logic behind this. Why would you use the exact same script as the original film? Like, what are you gaining from this? I Like, I, I can't figure it out. It's obvious, like... Okay, everything is usually obviously a cash-in, all right? But at least some people try, you know, some producers try to disguise it as something else. Like, you can't even disguise this. Like, you're literally, like, not wanting to pay, like, a writer to write the next sequel. I mean, they just did Cabin Fever 3, yeah. right? Like, you okay, and talk this is this is actually one of the problems I have with that, too. So, you know, Patient Zero gets released, and then shortly after they announce this remake that's literally just going to be the exact same film as the original, right after the sequel. What, like, I don't I don't really understand it with yeah. the timing. I don't understand the timing. Like, I could see if Cabin Fever, Patient Zero was made, you know, say, this totally different timeline, but say 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden they're just like, ah, let's not do a sequel, let's remake this. But why right after a sequel? I mean... Yeah, well... How long? It, the timing seems very Kevin odd. Kevin Fever come out 11 years ago, right? 2003. Why yeah. the hell are they remaking a movie that's only fucking 11 years old? Well, I mean, we've seen that done before and stuff like that. But the, the really just mind-boggling thing is that, you know, Eli Roth is producing it and they're using his original script. I'm hoping that that was some sort of, like, mistake when they reported this or something. Or maybe they said they was going to modify his original script and it got lost in translation. But for some reason, I just feel like that's what they're doing. They're just going to take his script and they're going to you know, recast it and shoot the same movie again. It's so fucking stupid. You know, when I first read the article, I took it as, okay, now they're using Eli Ross original script. And hmm. what I meant, what I was, the way I interpreted that was... His original script was the one that wasn't used as the script for the original character. That could yeah, actually be yeah. what it means, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the way I, I read it. And I read that. it again, and I was like, I don't really know if that's what they mean. I think they might be using the original as the exact script that they used from Cabin Fever. And I was like, oh my God, See, this is a bad idea. <laughs> if, if Cabin Fever was like a, um, like studio film and like Roth, made it and there was a bunch of studio intervention and stuff like it would make sense right like he wants to you they want to remake it and use the original intended script but since it was an independent film and it was picked up by what Lionsgate, i think yeah it makes no sense because there there probably wasn't no like intervening if it was an independent film back then look at yeah, yeah. fever 2 though even that film got you know there's still an original script out there for that film yeah, well, Adam Green worked on that original one of the copies of the mm-hmm. script. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is just like stupid news. I don't know, man. I, I, I can anybody take it seriously? And nope. I haven't heard one person say, "Hey, this is a good idea." <laughs> because it's stupid. It's been pretty negative feedback, and it just doesn't. I mean, I'm just trying to make sense of it. To be honest, like I said, the timeline with remaking this film right after another sequel comes up doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, it doesn't make even more sense with that script thing. Yeah, I just not, don't understand the point of this. And it's not even like it's like an unknown movie. People know about it. So it's mm-hmm. like – No, it's a huge like hit, right? I yeah, mean, Cabin Fever is one of the better films of that era. Yeah, people know about it. It's not like it's some low – like low – budget independent film it's like people yeah know. one of the well known you know kind of mainstream films and stuff it, it definitely is up there people know so i think it's 
this film kind of helped kickstart horror again. I mean, 2003, uh, we mm-hmm. was, you know, just re- leaving the 90s and, you know, stuff like Chainsaw Remake and, and this in 2003 kind of like kickstarted horror again. Cabin Fever, I, I've said it on the podcast. It's one of the films that got me back into horror. Uh, when I seen it, I was just like, man, that was really awesome. It seemed, you know, original for the time. Now we've seen so many damn infected films, disease type horror. But I mean, it was gross and it was it was mainstream for the most part. You know, started out and played to festival circuits and stuff. But I'm pretty sure it had a wide theatrical release. Oh, after yeah, I that. saw it in theaters. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and it was gross, right? The leg saving. I mean, when people talk about gore, sometimes they bring up the leg shaving scene and the you know fingering scene, and you know it's nasty, gross stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and why? then uh, and then Cabin Fever two happened, and that one just. Ugh, that, that movie still gross. makes me gag, man. That's, That's fucking gross. gross. <laughs> There's some nasty fucking parts in that film. But yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. There nasty parts in part three too, are there? There is. There, you know, it's pretty gory. It's it's fun. It's fun. But I don't yeah. know, man. I just I wish they would just get rid of this whole notion of remaking Cabin Fever and just fucking keep making sequels. I mean, okay, they they've managed to do this with wrong with the wrong turn series. They're still like like JP said. They're still numbering the fucking sequels, which, which is, is cool. amazing to they're me to because I love that. And as far as I know, I've never heard a report of "Hey, let's remake Wrong Term." No, they're putting out sequels every couple of years, which is a good thing. And to be honest, they're still pretty damn good. Oh, Speaking of Wrong Turn, didn't it come out in two thousand three? Also, uh, yeah, two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, also Cabin Fever remake, uh, actually started principal photography in Portland. So, yep. Oi. Yeah, Wrong Turn did come out in 2003. Good call. Nice, nice. So, I mean, obviously, we think this is stupid. Most people think it's stupid. And I'm actually gonna bust out laughing if i see the trailer and it looks exactly the same as the original <laughs> uh cabin fever it's gonna be actually funny to see that what if it, they what if they cut the trailer the same too <laughs> fuck i don't know i i think it's just really bad for the industry like remaking a film with the exact same script i mean this has been done before <laughs> you know shot for shot psycho blah 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 I just don't think and guess this what, is the way, way shit should be going, man. This it hasn't idea. been done since because it was a bad idea. Yeah. And yeah. The, if anything, this might be a good thing. It might scare people away from remakes in general if this, like, bombs. It's going to mm-hmm. bomb. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think it's going to do well. Yeah. At all. Okay, so after that, uh, Fox has ordered a new TV series called Scream Queens. And this is going to be a comedy horror anthology series. Uh, it revolves around a college campus, 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 which Did you is say rock. Fox. Yes. Yeah. Fox. Yes. What the most the Republican network. Oh God. Uh, which is rocked by a series of murders. Uh, if they ordered a fifteen um, one-hour episodes, and it's set to premiere in the fall of two thousand fifteen going into production in the spring and it is going to be on fox uh, wow 15 one hour episodes yeah that's a weird that's thing, a really right because it's, it's usually person. 10 yeah. to 13 ish well that's what i'm saying because yeah. a lot of you know pilot seat like a lot of these shows will be half an hour you know, you and know shorter. do good 
Well, yeah, actually, but... most times with pilot or uh, you know pilot seasons, they are like six episodes. We've seen yeah. that with yeah, yeah. big Breaking shows Bad's like, like Breaking Bad. Well, Walking uh, Dead is a perfect Walking example. Dead. Yeah, a lot of shows do that nowadays. So th- it's funny that they like have so much confidence in this show to do fifteen one-hour episodes. I'm a little confused though, Fox. I mean, this idea sounds like something that would be good for I don't know HBO. You know, it sounds awful to me because they used one word that completely ruined it for me when I read it. Mm-hmm. You know what that word is? No, Fox comedy. <laughs> Oh, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they even well, that, label it comedy horror, not horror that, comedy. That make, that actually makes a lot more sense now. Being on Fox, of course, you know. Yeah. If it was horror comedy, uh, I guess you'd probably be leaning towards maybe El Ray or other than FX or something like that, HBO. Yeah. But Speaking Fox of El Ray. Yeah. I love El Ray, dude. I've, I've been like switching to that channel a lot just like when I'm – you know, doing something and I'm just trying to have something on in the background. I just mm-hmm. love the whole style of that channel. It's literally just like this this cool like throwback type of style that used to be on like Monster Vision or something on TNT. Monster like, Vision. Shit. Yeah. I mean like I, I, I really like that channel. I hope I hope more people watch it just so like it can be successful. So uh yeah, Scream Queens, what do you like or is, would any of you two be looking forward to that? No, because it's on Fox. Yeah. And Fox is a major network, so it probably means it's not going to be very good. Uh, Modes, you think that it's going to be bad also? Well, you know, like I said, it's Fox. Yeah, that's what I said. What so else I, is I, on Fox? See, like, you guys obviously know something about Fox that I don't because I don't really get what you are saying. Well, I mean, they're just not going to be, you know, as extreme as we probably want it to be. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. You know, it, I think it's going to just have those type of elements where it's just, I don't know, man. It, it if doesn't they're stressing even, yeah. like comedy horror, I don't know. I think it has potential to be decent or really, really bad. So, Yeah, but one word also that got me kind of interested is it's an anthology series. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing that I, I kind of like, wow, anthology. But I don't know. The Fox has thrown me off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, who knows, man? I, I don't know. Fox has had good shows in the past. I don't Animated general- shows. They're not like known for like their yeah, exactly. live that's action a, shows. That's actually a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Totally better animated shows than live right. action. But uh, right. I don't know, man. I, I guess we'd have to kind of judge it when it comes out and see how it does and – and whatnot, but I do like the the idea of anthology. I mean, we've been talking about this for so long, and actually, didn't we just talk about this a couple weeks ago? With yeah. you know, all these networks stuff. putting out, yeah, all these new yeah. network, not new networks, but all these networks putting out these new horror themed TV shows, and there's a lot of different types of you know subgenres of uh, these horror shows. Um, and I was like, well, what's lacking here is they need an anthology show. Of course, Fox goes and they must have listened to it. I mean, it's quite obvious well, that they, the people from did. Fox were listening to the the podcast because you know we're that big, right? So it actually <laughs> says that in the press release, also. <laughs> just, just of course, saying. it does. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. This has. I think I'll wait for it 
to come out and actually watch it and see how it does. I mean, there's been shows on, you know, CBC and stuff and these networks where they don't really do a lot of extreme type things on TV that have done really well, you know, in the past. You know, something else is something else that's weird about this is that they're one hour episodes, yet it's an anthology show. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard too. That's a, that's That's like a whole movie. Yeah, it's long. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm actually well, very like interested just to see what it is. Maybe it's like Master mm-hmm. of Horrors. You know what I think it's going to make this show though is if they have like good directors doing the episodes and good act like, you know, yeah. people that you want to see on the like screen. Like Master could... of Horrors. Exactly like Masters yeah. of Horror. I mean, obviously it's not going to be that extreme. No. You know, some of those episodes would not be able to play on Fox, obviously. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think I think how they develop it's gonna sell it, you know, based on cast and directors and stuff. So, yep. All right. Next up, uh, there was an interview on BloodyDisgusting.com with Rob Zombie, and I just took a few little sections from that interview. Um, but you could read it yourself. It's a you know semi-lengthy interview. Uh, interesting stuff here and Rob talk about. Different topics, but the, the stuff I pulled was about 31, his new horror film, obviously. We've talked about it a couple times now. And uh, he says, the script is finished. That's been done for a long time. I'll still mess with it, but essentially it's done. We're waiting for this crowdfunding to be done, and then we're looking to start full production early next year if everything goes according to plan. So... Uh, looks like it's moving forward and i'm pretty sure that crowdfunding thing was successful he does talk a bit about it in the art in the article the interview and he said that he was a little bit uh hesitant to do it because he didn't really know much about it and he said that uh he wanted to make it more of like a store like people are you know buying stuff and they're supporting the film instead of just uh, you know, stealing people's money. He said something along the lines of that, and he said that would be pathetic <laughs> or something. Yeah. So well, we talked about that. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was funny. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I would say out of all my films, this is going to be the most brutal. It's pretty intense, it's pretty humorless, and it's pretty all out. Hmm. That humorless thing is great. I'm like hearing that. I think that even, you know, I'm like, you know, comedy in my horror occasionally. I just think that it's almost everything has a lot of, like, nothing is purely horror anymore. Like, there's always, even even if it's brief scenes of, of comic relief, it feels like there's nothing that's straight intense horror anymore that comes out. And it kind of annoys me. You sound like one of those extreme elitists, man. Ooh. Come on. Oh, I'm just fucking with you. But do you, you know, know what, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think nowadays with, you know, society being up, being as fucked up as it is, I think a little comedy here and there is always good for people. But I understand where you're coming from. I um, agree, too, that, that, yes, I do like those films, too. But I'm just saying... Why is there like zero of the other ones? Like I want a fair mix. It mm-hmm. just feels like, you know, it, okay, let's take um Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? The original. There's like no comedy in that movie. Now, you can take The Cook and uh The Hitchhiker and and find funny things in there when you've seen it a couple of times because it's very very dark humor. But it, mm-hmm. that movie is so serious that 
there's no really room for comedy. And I look at Devil's Rejects and say the same thing. Yeah, Captain Spotting says funny things, but it's not in a funny way. It's actually in a like scary, dark way. I've never seen Captain Spalling as a funny character. He's exactly. always been, he's always been a fucked up guy. Well, yeah, because pretty much everything he's saying is, uh, yeah. you know, it's leaning towards something. Yeah. <laughs> he's a badass motherfucker. He's not a comedian, so even though he kind of looks like one, <laughs> I'm super. <laughs> excited I love Captain for this Spalling. Film. He's awesome. Oh fuck, dude! The way he delivers his lines in that film are just priceless. I hope he makes a cameo Fucking... somewhere, like in the background. Oh, dude, it's a Rob Zombie film. I know oh, you mean like, the character himself, not yeah, so okay, yeah, okay yeah. I got you. Um, no, but really, really, like this film is probably my most anticipated film of whenever it comes out uh, because I don't know. I just like the concept art that came out. It looks almost like it might be like a purge style thing set on Halloween. Uh, and if and what did we say about the purge? Fantastic concept, but poorly executed. Rob Zombie, on the other hand, can you imagine how gritty and just like disturbing and disgusting he can make like a I'm picturing it just like uh, this like night, like Halloween Eve or like Halloween night where shit just like goes crazy or something. I don't really know what it's about, but just I don't think anybody knows what it's about. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's forcing people to reserve their judgments until that motherfucker comes out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be Rob Zombie. I think it's going to be Rob Zombie. I mean, I hope it's a combination of like everything that he's doing mm-hmm. that or that he's done, you know, like that real gritty house of a thousand corpses mixed with like, um, I don't know, Lords. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm expecting it to be very Rob Zombie and good. Yep. I mean, I'm a supporter, so yeah, I'm super good excited films, for this yeah. one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have a bit of. I guess more stupid news. So yes, the scream series has officially been ordered. It's going through, which I thought this already happened, but apparently not. Uh, MTV is uh, MTV with the Weinstein company dimension, but here oh goes something Lord. a little weird. Uh, first of all, the story follows something about a YouTube video that goes viral and like some kind of killer stuff, but Oh, that was based off one of mine. But (laughs) listen to this stuff, dude. So apparently somebody actually owns the rights to the image of Ghostface. So as of right now, there is no Ghostface in this. Wait, how could someone own the image to Ghostface? I don't know. How does does Weinstein or Wesley Craven doesn't own it? Well... Wesley Craven definitely wouldn't own it, but he wouldn't. um, No, wouldn't it be Dimension? I mean, Dimension. You you think it would be Dimension for sure? Uh, Apparently, they would want to copyright that. Apparently not. Maybe they licensed it for the film. Oh, you know what? You know what? Yeah, because the image used on screen, the actual Ghostface mask, was already licensed. It was already – it was a mask that they literally pulled off a shelf. Yeah, remember right? because they say in the documentary that yeah. they were looking for a mask forever and they were uh, looking for a house to shoot mm-hmm. in and they just walked upstairs and in one of the kids' rooms, they, that mask was sitting there. Hmm. That's right. That's right. And there was – someone made that Yeah, and had it actually copyrighted. So yeah, and they basically licensed it out for the films. 
Wow. Interesting. So that's, what? Very interesting. Don't you guys think that Scream is Ghostface, though? I mean, just a little bit. <laughs> obviously, well, I mean, it's doubt. about the killers and stuff. But I mean, what? It just feels like it feels like such a part of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how they can license it for the films, but they can license it for the TV show. Uh, that well, that's also maybe it's a money thing. Uh, maybe they can license it. Maybe they had a deal to they specifically stated for films. You know, there's stuff like that. You know, yeah, you would probably have to rewrite up a contract and you know bring it to that person that owns it and be mm-hmm. like, hey, and maybe they're just asking way too much money and they just don't want to do it because it is TV, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's probably not. They don't have the funds like. Yeah, but it's know, not MTV though. And, yeah, but MTV's still pretty, still pretty budget though. MTV's honestly. not like a like an AMC network or something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but mm. I think that what they said was that he Ghostface is not part of this series, but that doesn't mean he couldn't be in the future. <laughs> Why not bizarre. just call it something else then? It's kind of like, well, they're not calling like, it Ghostface. If they was calling it Ghostface. No, no, no. <laughs> and there was no Ghostface. It's going to be the it. same thing that happened with Halloween Three. People are going to expect to see Ghostface, and then they're going to be pissed off that he's not there. It's kind of like Friday the Thirteenth series without Jason. Yeah, not like that, really. I mean, it's 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 kind of like that, but that is way bigger because Jason was like, it, like Ghostface is obviously a lot of different people, right? Jason is one yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is weird. I don't know. After that, we have James Wan is actually returning to horror. So he lied and said that, you know, he was done with horror. Uh, And he's actually coming back for The Conjuring 2, which was actually pushed back due to waiting on James Wan. Uh, It was originally supposed to come out, I forget exactly when, but now it's being pushed back so that uh, James Wan can return. Uh, He says that he was uh, editing Fast and Furious 7 and his brain started sparking ideas for a Conjuring sequel. Uh, taking a break from horror allowed him to have uh, creative re- rejuvenation, and he's excited to uh, tell the story of the next case file of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Hmm. I mean, th- I mean that sounds so natural, though. Yeah. I mean, generally, when I'm editing a really, you know, shitty car action film, <laughs> I, I, I fucking, I totally conjure up. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dustin Mills is going to be mad at you. Oh, you just there was a double. Did you, you missed the double. He said he conjures up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I conjure up these ideas for, you know, horror films and stuff. So, you know, it's just so natural, really. Um, no, I'm just joking. I mean, if, if people like those films, that's that's cool. I'm not a big fan at all of why if you like action films why don't you like that it's the same shit as every other action film no 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 i'm not a big car action film fan like i like those wrong or the wrong term films fuck what am i saying fast and the fury films that are all based around fast cars and racing and shit like that i'm just not a big fan like i like fucking you know arnold schwarzenegger shoot him up fucking ridiculous dolph lundgren commando type action films ones that aren't necessarily ripping around and and fucking you know foreign cars and shit like that it's just it's not really my thing to be honest yeah yeah um so you know that this is probably best case scenario for me because i didn't a lot of people were pissed at james wan and they wanted to hold him back 
I was happy for him, dude. He got a huge deal with that Fast and the Furious movie. That is a big franchise, and they make a lot of money. He got a fat paycheck from that. He proved himself in regular Hollywood if this is successful. And now he's coming back to where he started and where his heart is, or should be, in my opinion. And uh, I, I'm happy for him. I really like James Wan, and I think he is kind of the future of this genre. He's done so much already, and I'm always excited for anything that he does. So awesome, James Wan. Glad to have you back. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him back for it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. After that, we have a bit of weird news, and I'm not quite sure what this actually means. Uh, Critters series? question mark can we already talk about this lat what I, th- I swear we already oh critters we talked about tremors <sighs> this kid don't listen to him <laughs> it sounds the fucking don't same listen. critters and tremors it's like sounds the same tremors and tremors like <sighs> nothing like they both I, end in i think i vaguely heard something about they, those critters they thing. both end in what are <laughs> fuck you jp <laughs> um Technically, be an S. It's car S. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is going to be a Warner Brothers produced digital content division that will roll out short forms of content. What? Including Mortal Kombat series and the new division is called Blue Ribbon Content and they're one of their things that oh. are in the work is Critters, the series okay, okay. or something. Uh, I, I understand the translation. You, you know, know, all that translates to fucking shitty. <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> Can you break it down a little okay, bit? Seriously? Okay, seriously? Okay, seriously? Okay, if you're going to make something sound that technical in your description... It's de- you're you're covering up for yeah. something, why not which just call is it like just digital a big, series. Yeah, a big fucking pile of shit. Yeah, why don't you just call it be. like digital series, like Netflix does? Why don't yeah. they like name it all this stupid shit? Yeah, that that's a ridiculous. Wait, yeah, I see where you're coming of it. from. Yeah. So wait, this um, is gonna be like a. I'm still confused. Is it gonna be like an online series or? What are they? What, that's kind I don't of what understand I was what they that. mean about. A short? Is it going to be like a web fucking series? That's what I said. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I gathered from that. Yeah. Through that mumble jumble of fucking... Like Netflix, and... like Netflix series, but it's going to be for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. No, because a Netflix series is an actual series that is on Netflix. These these are like short films. They're like short, like... like um, web series are usually like, you know, two to... 10 minutes or like 2 to 15 Mm -hmm. minutes or something. Is it going to be like that? Because that's awful. I don't even see the point of that. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to do like little webisodes and stuff, like I don't really get... For creators too? Yeah, like unless it's leading up to something, but digital series makes more sense. I don't know. I don't really... I I don't know how to interpret it. Well, it is written by the people who did Teen Titans Go!, Okay, that makes it so much fuck? better. Thanks, JP. <laughs> what the fuck is Teen Titans? I think it's like an animated show. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So is this actually, is that what they're leaning I towards? I actually then? think it's a comic book. Mm. I swore it was on a TV So show. Critters is going to be like an animated webisodes, maybe? <sighs> Who the hell knows, dude? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> more oh, as we learn more, I guess. Well, after that... It was an animated show. After that, we have Don Mancini, who was recently talking about Child's Play. I guess he's still working on that next Child's Play film, but he said that he had an idea for Child's Play set on a train. Um, what? That's not the worst idea in the world. It's like, why not just send him to space next? Yeah, but I well. mean, I, I like the claustrophobic thing like about films set on trains, but... Child's um, play, you know, and Chucky because he can just like when you look at Terror Train and like how the how's the killer like moving about? Um, he has on like different masks and stuff that that were like from the party goers. Um, but Chucky can just stop and sit there. You know what I mean? Like when somebody comes because he's a fucking doll. So I mean, it could work, right? Hmm. Is there actually a storyline to this? Like, why they're stuck? Are they stuck on a runaway train? Or are they stuck on a possessed tra- I don't know. I don't What's know if they're on? stuck at all. They could oh, just be so- on, on the destination. And Chucky's like slashing them up. Hmm. You know, it actually doesn't sound that bad. I like anything to do with trains and stuff. Pretty yeah, cool yeah, stuff. Chucky was- on a train, though? I, like I said, ah. I think it makes sense because... He, Whatever. I mean... He's a doll, so he could just stop moving when somebody... He can like get, like navigate through the train easily. I mean, let's face it. I'd rather see Chucky on a train than in space. I'd rather see Chucky anywhere, so I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> see? Yeah. I think see? I think a train is a good idea. I mean, it didn't necessarily work too well for Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, although those scenes were pretty cool on the on You the could train. go in a trailer park. I'll still fucking watch it. really doesn't matter. I'll watch it anyway. What if he was battling Freddy? Yeah, I'll watch it. Because uh, Don Mancini also went on to say... Uh, he, and I've heard him say this before, like he seems to really want to do this. Um, his pitch for Freddy versus Chucky is child's play on Elm street. Uh, Chucky ends up at some kid's house on Elm street and Chucky and Freddy inevitably (laughs) meet in the dreamscape. Uh, Chucky sleeps. Why not? Chucky sleeps. Chucky dreams. And they have, uh, but that's bullshit though. Chucky doesn't need to sleep. He's a fucking doll. He's also a human. Get his ass kicked. I guess. But they realize quickly <laughs> that Elm Street isn't big enough for the two of them, so they riff on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and they have a contest. So is- Who can kill the most teenagers before the sun comes up? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was going to be like Chucky versus Freddy. I was like, Freddy would kick oh Chucky's God. ass in two that seconds. Is, that is too good. They have to get Johnny Depp back for that one. Yeah. Right there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I honestly. See Chucky first Leprechaun. You know that makes a lot more fucking sense because they're about the same height. Yeah, that's what I mean. No. You know, it's like I never liked that idea. Chucky versus Freddy. That's just weird. I think it would work if you said it with like wisecracking Freddy because they're both wisecracking like funny guys. Mm-hmm. So imagine them like like ripping on each other. You know what I'm saying? But I don't necessarily want to see that film. I'm just saying if it happened. It's Chucky's. I don't. Okay, going back to the part where you said where Elm Street's not big enough for Freddy and Chucky. What are the? What is fucking Elm Street a cul-de-sac or something? Just a little <laughs> mini street? I don't get it. Um, it wasn't not big enough for the two of them. Fuck off. Because just like it wasn't big enough for Freddy and Jason, right? I mean, that's the whole reason they fought is because Jason wouldn't stop killing all Freddy's fresh souls. Yeah, but. I don't know. That makes sense, I guess. Well, I mean, let's be real. Like, Freddy would destroy Chucky. Oh, yeah. 
two seconds. And it has nothing to do with size. Oh, yeah. Freddy's just yeah. Freddy. I mean, fuck. He's I got mean, knives on his fingers, man. <laughs> <laughs> All he's got to do is just go and chuck his eyes and go. There you go. Game over. Now you can't see. Then he's just going to kick him. That's the Don end. Mancini, let me, let me just give you a word of advice. Just write the next Child's Play. Don't make it gimmicky. Just write a new fucking Chucky movie, dude. It's all good. Yeah, I, I agree. The last one did good, so... Now, if you want to bring up, like, Freddy vs. Jason 2, I would be down with that. So, um, I'm looking at you, Sean S. Cunningham. I wonder why they never made a sequel to that. <laughs> <laughs> Cunningham. My best well, friend, come on! Oh man, I have his number. I could call him. We hang out all the time. You know what? It actually, it actually is truly amazing that uh, that there has never been a sequel to Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. I know. I it is movie. actually kind of crazy that nobody's like you know really pushed for it and done it. It's pretty wild. But maybe one day without Robert England. You know, actually, we're more we're more likely to see a, a remake of Freddy vs. Jason before a sequel. <laughs> the same exact script. Same exact script, everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm back. Yeah. So after that, we have a update on the Trick or Treat director, uh, Michael Doherty. He's making a film called Krampus, correct? And he is an evil Santa Claus, right? That's like kind of what Krampus is. Uh, yes. They're basically pushing this from the November 25th release date of 2015 to the December 4th release date of 2015. That's a whole year away. Yes. Uh, so this film is, you know, based on the ancient legend about a pagan demon who punishes the wicked. My only beef with it is that, of course, it's an, uh, well, this isn't a beef. It's an anthology, which I love. You know, let's have, the director of one of the best anthologies, one of the best, the best holiday anthology. Let's have him do another holiday anthology, but this time with Christmas. Mm. So that's a fantastic idea. My only yeah. problem is it's a goddamn horror comedy. Mm. Why? Well, Trick or Treat had some comedic aspects. I would never call Trick or Treat a horror comedy. I didn't say it was a horror comedy. Yeah, but this is a horror comedy. Mm. Yeah, I mean... The Trick or Treat was never meant to be no. a comedy, but now there is funny parts. There's definitely. a difference between having funny parts and being a horror comedy. Oh, t- completely, oh, yeah. completely. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe because it's Christmas, people need to associate comedy with. I don't know. Uh, fuck, I don't. Get I'm that just whole getting idea so either. fucking tired of horror comedies. I really am, dude. It's actually starting to annoy me. It, every time I see something sound awesome, it's like it, I'll read the synopsis. I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." This and then the last awesome. line, and then it's like, "This so, will be a horror comedy." And I'm like, "Why? Why? You had a great synopsis for a horror film. Guess what wasn't a horror comedy? Black Christmas. And guess what is awesome? Black Christmas. Why, mm-hmm. man? I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't think that's a horror comedy. That movie would have terrified me as a kid. With the, especially the first scene with the old, the his old grandpa or whatever." Yeah, I mean, and his mom getting totally fucking raped and murdered. I mean, that's not very comedic. Yeah, yeah, but I I mean, like, I don't know, man. It's it's not that I hate them because I don't. I love a lot of horror comedies. You know, Return of Living Dead is one of my favorite horror films of all time. I'm just just burnt out on. It just feels like that's all I see anymore is horror comedies. Mm Hmm. 
yeah, there definitely is a lot. Yeah. Let's see a little more serious, especially with holiday, like Christmas. I mean, does it necessarily need to be funny? No. But let's just look at Black Christmas, right? Super damn serious. It's played completely serious. Mm-hmm. And that film is amazing. Like, you, you love that film, right? Oh, yeah. Why can't yeah. we make a scary Christmas film anymore? Christmas horror film. I mean, there is quite a few, though. I mean, Christmas Evil is not a comedy at all. Let's talk about ones that have come out in the past 10 years. Christmas horror films. Mm, a Cadaver Christmas. I love it, but it's a goddamn comedy. <laughs> Has there even true. been that many Christmas horror Santa films that have come Slay. out? Oh, yeah. Santa oh, there's Slay. a bunch that came out. Santa's, man, the opening scene in Santa's sleigh is fucking hilarious. I would have to see, I would have to see a list to... Yeah, but my point is, it's just like, I want a dark about rare Christmas exports. horror film. Rare exports. Is that really a horror film, though? It's not necessarily a horror film. I would lump it in there. Um, but uh, it's a great film. It's not a comedy. Yeah. Alright. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd film. It's an odd film. But it's really, really good. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I just like, I when I think of like Christmas horror films, I think of like Black Christmas, like this, this just dark... Uh, Christmas Tale. You know, of course, there's Gremlins and shit, which I love. It's my favorite Christmas horror film. But I just want I want a straightforward, serious Christmas horror film. Really bad. Mm-hmm. So make one. Okay. <laughs> I'll get right Actually, on yeah. it. There, there was another one that I did last year in my, uh, <clears throat> my 25 Days of Christmas Horror. Uh, Caesar and Otto's Deadly Christmas. That's oh, yeah. definitely a comedy, but it's yeah. actually pretty fucking funny. You can that. tell by the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty good, though. Um I'm trying to think of ones that came out in the last 10 years that aren't com- – yeah, there isn't really a whole lot. Um, most of them are meant to be comedies. What's that IFC pretty- one? St. Nick. Is that comedy? I haven't seen no. it yet. No, 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 it's not a comedy. Good. I just bought it. I'll watch that one. I mean you got you got Dead End that it takes place on Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that movie's good. That movie's all right. Yeah. I like I, oh, I love Dead End. That is a highly underrated film. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. P2, I guess. P two is another one that takes place on Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, yeah, I, can try I mean, there's there's a few, but I don't know. I was just really looking forward to this one until I realized it's a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I'm still shame. looking forward to it though because I really like Michael Doherty. I'd like what he did with Trick or Treat, and I have you know, I I mean, it could still be a good movie. It's just that I want something else right now. Like I'm in the mood for some some like. I want the next Black Christmas to come out. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. see like another really sleazy film like Don't Open Till Christmas. Ah, uh, that movie sleazy fun. Great. <laughs> and it's not a comedy. <laughs> All right. Great. So next up we have an update on the news that we reported back a little while ago uh, where they was talking about the Chainsaw prequel and – they were going after a few different directors. It has officially been announced that the directors will be the duo who created Inside along with other things. Oh, so that's what they decided? Yes. Um, huh. I think that is a fantastic choice because from what I heard about Inside is it's pretty violent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Yep. Uh, it's pretty mean-spirited. Yep. And it's pretty – is it gritty? Yep. Maybe? Okay, that sounds like a good chainsaw film to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what a chainsaw film should be. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Like something like Inside. I mean, yeah. not like Inside, but you know, like the effect of it. Yeah, Chainsaw yeah. should be less like Chainsaw Four and more like the original Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> You and Texas Chainsaw 3D, JP. Yeah. You sure love that film, man. I kid. I I almost, like, you guys have made me like it even more because everybody hates it so much. I never said I hated the film. I don't don't think it's, I don't hate the film. Wait till we eventually do a Chainsaw show, and I'm going to blow your mind when I defend this film, and you guys will be like, yep, you you were right. This is actually a quality Chainsaw film. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna blow, and then I'm gonna blow your mind by saying part three is my favorite in the franchise. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> part four. Anyway, I'm the, just joking. Alright, I was about to say. <laughs> you know that. You know that's not true. I was, I, I was hoping, but I mean, hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, my favorite okay, Halloween does, is Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Did, okay. I mean, no, how does Chainsaw, Chainsaw make it into actually, my top? Yeah. No. How does, no, how does the original TCM yeah. make it into my top thirty films of all time, and then part three not be there? <laughs> Right. So obviously, I guess so. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's great news. I'm really excited about this. I get excited when a new chainsaw comes out and I'm potentially more excited about this one than I was about 3d simply because it, this one's starting off in the great direction when the original, when 3d was announced, it was announced it was a pre or a sequel to the original, which was a good direction, but then they announced like Trey songs and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, oh man, I, I can't rhymes. wait. I literally can't wait. I, I love, I love when this these this type of news gets announced. I'm really excited. Uh, I could be let down, but you know, and a prequel to the original. It's obviously going to be set in you know, uh, it's going to be a period piece, which that sounds great to me. And well, I, you would hope it's going to be. I mean, if this is a prequel and it's set in the modern times, yeah, they're gonna pull a Texas Chainsaw 3D again. Well, the, no, <laughs> then they the would have just period. said, then they would have just, but the time period—they didn't really fuck up the time period. Yeah, it's wrong, but it's not like it, they like completely like altered the universe or something. It's still Chainsaw. Like, yeah, we'll get to this down the road. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. uh... I'm excited. What can I say? Also, we have a Hellraiser update. Last time we talked about this, I believe it was last season on the show, we talked about Clive Barker uh, throwing in his script to the Weinstein Bros. And uh, we got an update. Uh, Clive Barker was quoted saying, I think the phrase is reboot, although I've never really understood what that meant. He says, I wanted to make sure... We sounded some, uh, make sure we sounded some fresh notes. That's what it says. I don't know. The movie actually begins on Devil's Island. I wanted to fold it into the Hellraiser narrative, something about the guy, the Frenchman, uh, Lamachot. What's his name? Lama, Lamont. What, what, you know what I'm talking about. The guy who created the box. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, he made the mysterious box which Pinhead rises from. He figured, well, what would have happened to him? So that's kind of where the story is taking place. Devil's Island, that's probably in the book maybe. I'm not sure. Um, he said it was a cool place to start the film. And here, wait, there, he's waiting to hear back uh, from Bob. And you know, he's waiting for him to say, uh, we're going to actually make the movie. And then I did hear from the site that reported this, 
I think it was bloody disgusting that uh, re- remember a while back why Hellraiser Revelations came out, right? Mm, no. Moods? Yeah. Do you remember why it came out like that? Why they didn't have Doug Bradley and stuff? Is that what we're... No, no, no. So the reason Hellraiser Revelations was made... Oh, because of the rights thing. Yes, because if they don't make... It's in, like, the contract or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If they don't make a film every so many years... And that makes sense why we've seen so many films uh, in the Hellraiser franchise that weren't really Hellraiser films because they were trying to hold on to the rights. Yeah, yeah. So they have to pump out a new film in order to maintain owning ownership of the rights. So... So I what guess, is it like if they don't pump up pump out a film and like you know say every like couple years the the rights expire and then they yes, lose them yes and they go back to the original owner of the rights who I I'm not sure who who that is mm-hmm. um, but basically I think what they were getting at is the rights are going to be uh, coming up again so it might be time to actually get this off the ground mm-hmm. uh, the the you know expiration date uh, so. Let's see, dude. Hellraiser. I don't care if it's a reboot or remake or what. If Clive Barker's doing it, um, shit, dude. I think that it has unlimited potential because he creates worlds that just are impossible. Hey, I don't really know how it happens. Like he just makes up shit that he has no reference to. It's like he has like, uh, you know, he has direct contact to like another universe or something. You know, that's the writer in him, though, man. That's what writers do. Mm. They come yeah. up with these amazing concepts and ideas. and But, yeah, I mean, this is – it's good news. It's really good news. So it's not its not actually going to be a remake. It's just a reboot. Um, I've I always mean, not cared which term you use because, to me, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're so, just taking the story and redoing it. Okay. Uh, remake. Yeah. Yeah. So remake, redo, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, but it, it sounds like he's already, you know, trying to change it a bit by, uh, you know, starting it out as a prequel at the beginning of the film, you know, which is cool. Cause where the hell did that damn box come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next up, we have all of films. They have partnered with Slasher Video. And when I originally posted this news, I was like, aren't these, uh, you know, shot on video films? And Moods confirmed that because, uh, yeah, they're releasing shot on video films on Blu-ray. Hmm. I don't understand the Blu-ray, though. I mean, yeah. I, was it referring to all the films or just some of the newer ones that they're filming? Like Trash- Trashology is one of the newest films released by slasher video. Well, the, um, the thing is that's, that's not shot on video. It's shot digitally, but most of their older, like the films, like, you know, death nurse and all those films and stuff. Those are like shot on video. Yeah, films. But why is olive releasing them? That's so weird. It's like such a random <laughs> okay. company. So I have all of yeah. the, uh, the films that yeah, they're yeah. releasing. So, um, all of films slasher video, uh, will release the 1984 cult classic Satan's Blade Tuesday, February 24th, 2015. That's going to be their first release under. Yeah, I, I know that was that was the only one that I knew for sure that was coming on Blu-ray because it hasn't been even released yet. But that's awesome. Okay, so I have the other ones too: Death Nurse, Death Nurse to Cemetery Sisters, Trashology, Boarding House, Splatter, Architects of Fear, and 
Cinco de Mayo. Man, you got some quality films there. <laughs> I have, you know, you know, it's funny. I have all those movies. Is that I'm Cinco big... de Mayo movie movies? The one you talked about that one time? I think so. Yeah. About that crazy guy. Yeah, it's about the teacher that uh, starts going a little nutty yeah. on the holiday Cinco de Mayo. Um, it, it's actually one of the newer films. That that and Trashology are actually new films. All the other ones listed there are old Death Nurse one and two, Boarding House, obviously. Um, and uh, uh, the Splatter Architects of Fear is fantastic. It's like a fake documentary. It, it's it's basically like an effects film. They're showing how they're making these effects, and they're making like this fake. It's actually really fucking entertaining, man. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's so 80s and fun. It's really cool, actually. But, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I'm a little confused by the whole. If these ones are coming to Blu-ray, I don't. I don't get how they're going to look any better. They're shot on video for the most part, except for like the newer ones. I could see them doing something with those ones. Um. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to upgrade my Yeah, DVDs that's not the greatest partnership that, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, I'm just not really that into them, so. Yeah, mm. I don't like shot on video either. I, I don't, don't not like shot on video nah, because I like sometimes that. I find that shot on video stuff has this charm to it that these mm-hmm. newer independent films do, does not have. And uh-huh. it might be like nostalgia or even just whatever. I think, the, I think the thing is with a lot of these newer type <laughs> films that are kind of trying to be like that era, um, they're, they're trying a little too <laughs> hard to this. be like that. These, <laughs> with these movies that were coming out in the 80s were, you know, they were trying to make a film. They weren't necessarily yes, trying yes, to make it yes. a piece of shit. Yeah. You were exactly right. And I right? see this all the time. So then you see like Boarding House come out and you're like, oh, man, you know, you watch it nowadays. And you're like, fuck, that movie's, you know, it's pretty it's so bad. It's good. It's actually really. Yeah, it's like Redneck Zombies. Yeah. And shit like that. Like now you're making films a little too much on the purpose side of making a shitty film t- for the sakes of making a shitty film. And hopefully people like it. Um, and that's the thing I like about the Polonia brothers from back in the eighties and stuff too. Like they, their films have so much charm and they did everything themselves. They what acted, they, they directed, they wrote, um, you know, shit like that. And which films you know, splatter farm, they're probably most famous for splatter farm. Yeah. Um, that one's really famous. It was released by, uh, um, <sighs> totally blank on the company right now. Uh, but yeah, the Plenty of Brothers have done lots of pretty good stuff and it just had that charm to it, you know, yeah. but I don't know, getting back to the whole Blu-ray thing. I just don't understand how these movies could look any better because you can't really upgrade Digitize them. Yeah. The quality. In fact, I've heard that if you try to, you know, put these films in the 1080p or whatever, it actually lowers the quality hmm. of them. So That's I don't know weird. how good they're going to, it is really weird. So I don't really understand how this is going to work. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very I mean good on slasher video if it works for them because you know they're getting out there and stuff. But yeah, but I also don't really understand if they are just releasing them on DVD. Why? Yeah, it's, I'm, I I would assume it's just for the distribution fact. Like all of films has a lot more distribution, Dang. so well they can get their films into other places like slasher video was basically being sold like on their website and they had you know like a seller on amazon like slasher video was a seller on amazon and ebay like you can buy stuff straight from them so it's very it was very independent i think with all of their getting a distribution so maybe in the future you'll see death nurse and death nurse 2 and boarding house (laughs) maybe barnes and nobles or hmv or something who knows i mean yeah and it's quite possible because you see all the films in those places 
right? So that's where the distribution is going to. So obviously it's a deal to, you know, get their shit out there. The only one of those films I'm familiar with at all is Death Nurse. And simply because I looked up some clips, that movie seems awful. Oh, God. Death Nurse is it is pretty bad. Um, Death Nurse 2 is even worse because they kind of they rehash a lot of the footage from the first one. So and just like Silent Night, Deadly Night. It, it's, it's worse it's even worse than that um i know steve actually i'm pretty sure steve has reviewed both those on body bags yeah actually. I think you know, so. steve's like a huge shot on video freak too um but yeah <laughs> just you know death nurse to even steve said in his review he's like man it is really bad <laughs> so yeah okay after that uh image entertainment grabs adam green's digging up the marrow I'm super pumped for this one. I love anything Adam Green does. And this one sounds extremely interesting to me. Um, it's kind of like real life in a film type thing. Like Adam Green plays Adam Green. I believe this story has somewhat to do with the crazy amount of uh, fan mail that Adam Green gets. Um, he once got a letter that said that Victor Crowley is a real person. It went into great detail about why he was, he's a real person and the person who wrote the letter said that he can prove it and all this. So it kind of sparked an idea like what if people wrote that like about monsters that exist um, and they can prove it and stuff and, and what if Adam, Adam Green's character, Adam Green, shot a documentary about exploring what these guys uh, are you know coming up with. So I think that's, that's cool. kind of like the story which is very original you know yeah. so I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yep, so no word on when that's actually going to be released, but I believe they are going to uh, try to get a foreign deal next, and then we'll probably hear more about that. Cool. After that, we have the October Society. Uh, Epic Pictures Group announced that they will collaborate um, to finance uh, a new horror anthology named Tales of Halloween. And this is 11 directors. There is a bunch of guys that we know in there. The the directors who – the guy who just did Almost Human, uh, which was good. Uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, mm-hmm. who did Saw 2, 3, and 4. Uh, that carnival movie we were talking about last week or two yeah. weeks ago. Uh, I believe the guy who did Night of the Demons remake, uh, the guy who did the Never Sleep Again documentary – uh, the guy who did The Descent, the guy who did Big Ass Spider, or Spida, as I like to call it, uh, the guy who did The Hills Run Red, oh, the guy who did Abominable, and the guy who did Stay at Home Dad, and also the guy who did Grace. Yeah, hmm. there's some there's some yes. pretty good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I love I got The Hills on... Run Red, man. Yeah. Good stuff. This um, is such an under-talked under about slasher film. It's... Um. You know, the, the, okay, I'm getting a little like honestly, this isn't a rip on anthology films. It's just kind of like the way they're structuring anthology films nowadays. I like the idea of like ABC's of Death with 26 different directors. 20 obviously, I like the whole concept of it, but I don't. In my opinion, it's a little it's a little tiresome because it's a little too long and stuff. And but the way I see anthology films the way that I think that they're supposed to be, you're supposed to have a wraparound story mm-hmm. basically with this idea of tales from Halloween, you know, it's cool. You got 11 shorts. Okay. Whatever. But it, it basically just turns into a compilation video. Yeah. That's all it is. Is it really an anthology? No. Well, an they anth- actually a true anthology did say, film? 
something about uh, they they set forth a I forget the word they used like some some sort of word uh, where they're following these like strict guidelines that the tales have to do with like Halloween itself or so, something like that. It seemed like they were talking about really kind of making it um, about like Halloween or something. But okay, but I mean, honestly, if you want to do a project like this, you have eleven people. Why don't you guys all work together and try to, you know put everything together with a wraparound story like how fucking cool would that be yeah you know 11 11 shorts and it actually has a wraparound story and everything kind of makes sense and you know a true anthology film should have a wraparound story that's just my opinion but i really do stick by that mm-hmm. i know? don't necessarily like absolutely need a wraparound story um oh, look at like creep so show great. where it's just a small little wraparound story i think that works mm-hmm but, I mean, at least it's something, though. It, at least it adds something to it, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, basically, if you have 11 different shorts or 26 or whatever it may be um, and no wraparound story, it just turns into a, a compilation video. Yeah, I agree that there has to be something there. If it's a group of kids telling ghost stories, uh, like mm-hmm. the Willies or something. And that that's a perfect example, you know, of a – you know, it's got this story and then, you know, those are, those are true anthology films like campfire stories and stuff. You know, anything that starts out with telling stories and you go into these shorts and it kind of comes back to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I like that. I like that feeling where, you know, where the, even when the shorts kind of mix into each other. I mean, obviously trick or treat's kind of the exception where it's just, in Good. my, in my opinion, it's the most perfect anthology film ever, ever yes. made. Yeah, I mean it's so fucking brilliantly executed, yeah. and they don't even it's 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 actually it plays out like an entire film. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like not an even anthology done in plus. Like, it is. Man. It just it, feels it's like, like it's more. Yeah, it's such a fucking thought out film. It's crazy. Like I was watching it again last night when we were handing out candy and shit. And I'm just like, man, everything about this movie is just brilliant, and it got me thinking about anthologies. And I was actually. Um, I was actually watching an interview with Dave, Mr. Parker, um, that, uh, that Tom the Wolfman did on his channel. I don't know if you guys watched that interview. No. Anyway, it got posted on YouTube and on our group page and stuff, but I watched the interview with Dave and Dave's working on an anthology film right now called Slime Little Bastards. And it's three shorts and he actually See, even that's stated, an anthology film. So like, yeah. That's why I don't like about ABC's Death 2 and this one because you're gonna, you're gonna have you know, too many bad ones that are going to make it shitty. And then mm-hmm. it's going to make the experience bad. You find that the bad are outweighing the good a lot. That's like, I'll talk about ABC's a death too in a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like, so ugh. my thing is we don't know for sure that there won't be a wraparound story. Uh, that's a lot of directors for, you know, it does seem a little short heavy, like the, the shorts will be very tiny and, you know, stuff like that, but we don't know for sure. Maybe they'll do something that totally surprises us. Um, I like the cast of directors. I mean, all of those guys have done, uh, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not bashing the directors or anything. Even ABC's of Death has good directors. I'm just saying that it's if you have too many, the bad are going to outweigh the good, and that's just a problem. Why can't that, they just that's have – That's not necessarily true, though, because it's still possible everybody makes a good short. Eleven? Eleven good shorts. I highly well, I mean, doubt that. I mean, I do agree. Like, there's potential to have a lot of good ones and maybe more better ones and bad ones. But I, the whole point of what I what I brought up was this, the the point of the wraparound. Yes. And getting back to the Dave interview, he's doing this. Uh, he's doing his first film right now. 
Um, and it's called Slime Little Bastards. And he even has Dustin Mills in, which is actually kind of cool because they kind of reversed roles right there. Mm-hmm. He got to cover him in blood. Um, but the point is he even brought up in the interview that an anthology film to him needs a wraparound story. An anthology film isn't isn't an anthology film unless you have a wraparound because that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, right? you're kind of right, actually, the more that I think about it. Because if not, it's just a short compilation. Yep. Exactly. And I was really – I thought it was so cool because Dave has always talked about in his videos for years how much he loves anthology films. And I thought it was so cool that his first film was actually going to be one. And he right there, like he's – I need a wraparound story. That's you know? cool that he's making a film. Yeah. And it Even sounds like it's pretty cool. you do something like body bags, right, where you just have something going on that introduces each short. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tells from the hood. Yeah, even, even All Hallows Eve has a wraparound story. Like, but to be honest, yeah. Tales from the Hood has a pretty cool wraparound story. It does. It actually really that the wraparound story is actually really good in Tales from the Hood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great stuff. But another perfect example of something that really does work. You know. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. It is currently in pre production and will begin to shoot during November. So we'll probably see it sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, Synapse re- announced that they're going to be releasing a Bigfoot film, and it is Creature from Black Lake. Um, have any of you seen this? Because the cover art or the you know theatrical poster from whenever this film was released looks really awesome. I'm sorry. I totally spaced on that. What was that? Uh, Creature from Black Lake, which is going to be released by oh. Synapse in 2015. Have you mm-hmm. seen that film before? Because I really like the uh, original poster. Is it a you know new what? film or is it an old film? It's an no, old it's film. A, it's oh, an yeah? old film. Uh, it's actually a film I've never seen before. No. Has it ever been I, released? You know what? I'm not sure. At first, I, I was trying to look up some info on it, and I was thinking maybe it was like one of those uh, public domain films, but it's not. There's a bunch of films with similar names. Um, I don't know if it has a release, but, you know... This is good news, though. Snaps, the, the everything problem they put out, is, do. though, is that there's, like, it. Bigfoot films are notoriously known for not having any good films in that in that genre. Now, yeah. is it possible yeah. that there is yeah. this good one that slipped under the radar for all these years? I hope. I really hope. But like chances I, are probably not. But I, I love the cover. So I'm really hoping that this is cool. Like, I walked mm-hmm. into Family Video yesterday, and I went, you know, I went... I looked at the the dollar fifty movies first, and I saw like six new Bigfoot films. Yeah, there's actually and they all huge, look like and they all look like now. yeah, and they all look like complete shit. So I was like, oh, <laughs> these look terrible. So I go to the outer wall and I started walking around looking at the new all the new like newer movies, and I still saw like seven Bigfoot films. I was like, <laughs> what's up with all these Bigfoot films? I mean, they're not ghostly bad, but it's like. And you know the funny thing it's is, crazy. All those, and like ninety percent of those Bigfoot films are found footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. The only way they can make which actually makes films. a little bit of sense, right? It does make sense, but you know, it, but the problem is, like I've talked about this before with these these type of films, that they keep making the same one over and over again. There's not there's nothing really added to the the stories and stuff. But the thing is, to me, it doesn't even seem hard to make a good Bigfoot film. Like it, I think they would be done by now. Like. It's an easy story to tell. You can really make it scary, right? I mean, if you play this super seriously, you can make a Bigfoot film scary. And I oh, always no. wanted to see a good Bigfoot film, and just there's not very many of them. And JP, I see your next three movies. Get on to that shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier. It's a lot harder than it sounds, JP. Well, I mean, 
for me, yeah, it's like impossible. But I'm no, not even for, not even for like for anybody. Hard to come up with a good idea like that. What a good idea for a Bigfoot a, film? A scary Bigfoot film. It's all about the the suspense, right? I mean, if you have somebody who's really good at, at suspense, but the problem is the films that we see are done by in like an amateurish way when you're dealing with Bigfoot films. If you get somebody who's talented to direct a Bigfoot film, I really do think it could work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. not just make a Bigfoot in one of those anthology films? That could work too. Yeah. A, a little Bigfoot story. <laughs> uh so yeah i mean i don't know i i think that i just think that like you have so much to work with with doing like a uh the bigfoot story uh that it seems like it wouldn't be that hard that we would have a good one by now i'm not saying it's easy to make i'm just saying with all the ones that we've seen like mm-hmm. why hasn't there why isn't there like this iconic like super well-known like good bigfoot movie that i mean they've been making them since the 70s yeah i mean yeah i mean the legend of boggy creek i guess is kind of like the most probably known one yeah that one has like mixed opinions on it though some people like it some people don't but you're right though there isn't like really one huge good one stick out you know bigfoot sasquatch or yeti film or whatever you want to call them but i when i do think of you know, uh, Bigfoot films. I do think of the legend of Boggy, Boggy Creek though. Yeah. It's always the first thing I think of. I mean, if you can make a really good, dark, scary werewolf film, like why hasn't there been a Bigfoot film? It's kind of like you're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. You just have a different creature. Um, I do think, I do think most of the good ones or most of the ones that I've known or seen have come out in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, creature from black Lake came out in 1976. So it was like right in the middle of like, about a hundred thousand of them that came out in the seventies because they were just apeshit crazy over the Bigfoots back in then yeah. in those days. But um so I, I mean it has potential, I guess. There's some yeah. there's some decent ones, but yeah, you know, there isn't like that bonafide one, you know, with yep. certain subgenres of horror. You know, when mm-hmm. you think of Yeah, I mean you like, look at any subgenre and there's these um, you know, standout bona fide gems that are in that genre but i yeah. I've, i don't know of a bigfoot one and it just surprises me because um it's similar to other genres that you can make scary and dark and it just why hasn't there been one yeah mm-hmm. i think my favorite bigfoot film of all time is night of the demon um i actually just talked about this in a video of my favorite films from 1980 uh it's it's absolutely completely ridiculous um but it's a fun film it's basically just bigfoot slasher film Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's going around picking off people ripping off penises it's a fucking good peniles it's it's such a funny movie so uh the last bit of news is scream factory um their last announcement for October, their Shocktober celebration, was uh, Destroyer, which will be teamed up with Scarecrows in another double pack. And, you know, it was a bit anticlimactic for sure because we was expecting Scream Factory to drop like a bomb at the end of October. Apparently, their deals didn't go through, so they couldn't announce anything else after this one. Maybe it was something big. Maybe they didn't even have anything big. Um, but either way, it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they announce that they they had some deals that just weren't yeah. closed up and stuff? Yeah, it which was kind of a shame. Which I mean, everybody gave them shit for 
announcing hellhole before they had everything locked up, so they're probably starting to be, you know, more careful with what they announce. Where's the fuck's the clown house scream factory, you assholes? <laughs> that that whole hellhole thing was that sucked because I was really looking forward to that release, man. Fucking no clown but house. Lesson learned, though. Yeah, Damn. I mean, I'd ra- I mean, I'd rather have them announce nothing than announce something and pull it back. JP, you missed the biggest announcement of the week. Is it that stupid Arrow video announcement? Paul Rubens announced a new Pee Wee movie. Come on. How could you not have that in the news? <laughs> How could I have that in the news? <laughs> Come on. Which was the Arrow one, the uh, Vincent Price box set? Uh, oh, I guess that happened too, I guess. I, um, oh, yeah. It was the Society and Reanimator, or Bride of Reanimator. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got Pee Wee. Yeah, huh? so there's a little bonus news right there. It doesn't interest me because I don't buy... Uh, imports imports yeah so hmm. yeah i don't know arrow releasing society that's pretty cool but uh i mean it's probably just gonna get released by someone over here yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. how it goes Screen factory so i do i do import their some of their films but i see that being a twilight times movie society like, yeah no doubt right yeah it's a strange movie i could see them releasing Mm-hmm. So that is is that it for the news? Yeah, that's it. That is it for the news. Wow, there wasn't actually that much. <laughs> just we just talked about it for a while. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, you know, I was actually expecting there to be a shit ton more, mm-hmm. like of major announcements and stuff. But eh, whatever. Especially yesterday. It's like Friday. It's Halloween. It's like yeah. Much. Yeah. All right, guys, getting into mood swings here, and uh, that means new releases for November 4th, 2014. And I've got to say, I think October stole all the the films, you know, for that month, man, because there's really nothing coming out in the beginning of November, which does make a lot of sense because, you know, in this horror world, you want your releases in October. So with that said, I know Universal is... Is it Universal that's releasing? Uh, yeah, Universal yeah. is releasing um, American Werewolf in London, Psycho, and Shaun of the Dead uh, with these limited covers. I, I no, think is this just... the same bullshit that's just a piece of cardboard in front? I hope not, because I I'm saw not... the I saw the Child's Play Blu-ray cover at Walmart, and I was like, I was so mad because like that's the coolest fucking cover I've ever seen in my life. I wish they like actually reprint them instead of putting that stupid cardboard thing in front. Um, well, the the um, I'm assuming that there's going to be Amory cases of these two, mm. maybe with slipcovers. But these oh, these are steel these, books, dude. These editions are actually steel books. Mm. So Sweet. this is the cover art they're going to get. If, I, I think if they do release these in Amory's, I don't know. Maybe it's a different cover art too. But yeah, these Psycho are all steel book. That's cool. Yeah, actually, the Psycho one's kind of a cool cover. I don't really care for the American Werewolf in London. I like it, and I would ne- and I would never buy the Shaun of the Dead one. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm buying that American Werewolf in London one because I don't own that film. I wonder if it has the uh, the documentary and stuff that comes on the the other one. It should. I hope it does. That's a fucking good documentary. Um, as for the Psycho Steel, it does look like it has a bunch of uh, interviews or not interviews, but special features. So I'm sure it's there. Okay, well that's good. I'll make it of the uh, yeah, it's there. Okay, yeah, it's a really good documentary. Really informative. Oh, so. Yeah, Psycho does have a cool cover. It's like the shower drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like cool. it. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so for all you Steelbook fans out there, if you want to pick up those. And they're 11 uh, bucks. They're cheap. Yeah, really fucking cheap. But yeah, I think Psycho's probably the only one I'll be grabbing. Um, 
Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. I don't even that cover sucks too. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm I'm not really feeling that that cover, but yeah. Anyways, uh, from Screen Factory, uh, Pumpkinhead Two, uh, Blood Wings is coming out this Tuesday. I think it's listed on here. I don't know. We've got different release dates and. The foreign land of Canada and the and US it are... actually was pushed back at one time, so we don't know if this is the date or it's going to be put. Mm-hmm. It's like still, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm confused. <laughs> but, well, Moot but says odd... his already shipped, so I yeah, just oddly, that's the day. Oddly enough, I can't get anything from Amazon except for apparently Pumpkinhead, which has the most mixed release date ever. I don't know, I don't get it. But yeah, Pumpkinhead Two is coming out. Uh, then we got a film that I've heard some people actually say is pretty good and creepy. Uh, that is the Taking of Deborah Logan. Hmm. I can This is obviously one of these possession films. Wait, wait, wait. I heard somebody talk to me about that movie in one of my classes. I actually like the cover to this one. I've heard mm-hmm. about that. I don't really care for the cover that much, to be honest, but um, I did hear some people say this is pretty, it's pretty decent for one of these possession type films or the take, whatever that it is. But um, I don't know. These ones, I'm never, I never really get overly excited to watch. I don't know about me you guys. Either. Hell no, dude. Really? No. You really yeah. asked me that? And when someone actually says that it's pretty good and, and, you know, coming from, you know, a source where you trust, it gets me intrigued. They're like, oh. What is my least favorite subgenre of horror? Possession films? Possession films. My least favorite genre is becoming horror comedies easily. I don't know. I'm just getting burnt out on them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, Ghostlies, Possession, all that stuff is actually probably my least favorite, even though horror comedies are getting on my nerves. Possession, man. They're so oversaturated. Ugh. Yeah, yeah but- I, 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 I got to say, man, I don't watch a lot of, you know, the newer Possession films, so I can't even say that I really hate it. I, it just doesn't interest me enough, so. See, but I actually like Possession more than Ghost. Uh, because at least when you're dealing with po- Possession, it seems to be a slightly ho- more hardcore. With Ghost, it's usually, like, a lot of just, like, doors shut and shit. Yeah. But, like, once the demon starts, like, being, you know, in there, at least there's, like, some weird contortion and, like, you know, maybe some blood and scars and burns and stuff like that. But, I mean, ghosts are just, god damn, they are so mm-hmm. annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of misses with ghost films, but there is a lot of good ones, though, too. Nobody will go hardcore ones. like the Entity. No. No. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to bring that one up when we were talking about rape revenge films, but that's not really a rape revenge film. <laughs> There's no revenge <laughs> because uh, that is a good rape. Film. We uh, we all know the ending on that one, and I don't think there was ever any revenge. I forgot about that film. I should have brought that one up. Did Fuck. you bring up? Did you bring up Miss Forty Five? Oh yeah, man. I cool. thought we should have watched that one instead of I spit in your spit on your grave. But... Oh, Miss Forty Five is just. Yeah, it's it, I, it, I think it might be. But my that's, that movie is more about revenge than it is rape. But. The reason that they yeah. went to uh, I Spit on Your Grave is because it is the quintessential yeah. rape revenge film. Like, that is the film. Well, Last House on the Left. I Spit on Your Grave even more so. Yeah. Mm. All right, next up here from Brain Damage Films, we got uh, Dead Girls. Uh, I don't know, it's Brain Damage Films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seek it out at your own will. Now, if this know. was a sequel to Dead Girl, I might check no. it out. Hmm. Well, that's another good rape revenge film. <laughs> I guess it, it actually that, is. I, I never actually thought of that. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, Dead Girls, Keith, I don't know. It's brain damage films, so. Teeth you know. is a good rape revenge film. Really? I think that's an objection film more than a rape. Or the monstrous feminine type of a film more than. It's rape still revenge. a rape revenge film. She gets raped and she gets revenge. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. 
Mm. All right. So this is the one that I was really pumped about uh, talking about here. Um, I'm not too sure who released this one. It actually doesn't even say, which is very – no, no, it does. Oh, my God. Of course it is. <laughs> this is released by Midnight Releases, uh, and it's called Ghost Bride. It's our ghostly for the week, guys. <laughs> Ghost Bride. I almost looks, shit when I saw this one It looks quite ghostly too. Yeah. It really does. Actually, the cover's not too bad. Like I've been – once again, back in family video, like I'm, I refuse to buy brain damage or, or midnight release films anymore. Like I picked them up in the beginning, but now I like, there's like eight of them out at a time. And every time I pick them up, they just look like complete garbage. And I just like, I don't even want to spend a dollar on them because they just midnight releases so is, is a weird company because sometimes their films are well, like, look at that shovel one that just came out that is supposed to be good. Or is that yeah, brain like, damage? I'm not sure, yeah, but they, they put out like different quality type films. Like some are like really, really micro budget. And then you, you pick one, you, you pop in another one. You're like, wow, this is the quality is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot higher. It, they kind of range, man. It's very odd. Same with brain damage is like that too. Some of the newer brain damage films that have been coming out are a lot better quality, hmm. you know, a lot better looking and stuff. It's pretty interesting, but ghost bride, honestly, could you not come up with a better <laughs> tagline till death do us part? Really? Oh, I have a movie called Till Death Do Us Part. Yeah, that movie's from 2014. That movie fucking sucks. I talked about it on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Till Death Do Us Part, really, that tagline is just not very original. Um, All right, moving along here. Sci-Fi vs. Horror 6 movie pack. Wow. Is this Echo Bridge? This cover, man. Gotta be Echo Bridge. Or Milk Creek. It is 100% Echo Bridge. Yeah. 100% Echo Bridge. And what we have on here, sci-fi films. For sci-fi, we got AVH Alien vs. Hunter. That's a, what is that company called that does like the um, – Asylum. Asylum, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It totally is, yeah. Um, I Am Omega. Also and, Asylum. Yeah, these yeah, are and, Asylum films. And 2103, The Deadly Wake. Uh, that's for the sci-fi part. And then the horror part, we got Awaken the Dead, The Unwelcomed, <laughs> and Ominous. Ooh. That's actually an interesting idea if it wasn't like awful films. Yeah. But the weird thing about this release though, you know, it shows like this alien type predator creature on the cover versus Jason. Jason? <laughs> it, it, well, oh it's my kind of God. That reminds mask. me. Hold up. I, I know that cover you're talking about, but check this out. You know the actual cover to 28 Days Later, right? Yeah. Yeah. They literally took that exact cover and made it say 28 hours of horror or something like that but and they and there's like there's fucking it's crazy dude they Wait, literally ripped this? that cover off at walmart i seen it it's like a 28 hour like uh horror marathon, marathon pack oh yeah here it is 28 hours of horror look at that cover oh my god they did it's literally the cover they How just they literally took the cover <laughs> Did they not get sued? Because I was like, I was like, (laughs) yes, yes. Crazy, crazy. Um, All right, so that's very odd. No, seriously, I was like, oh, 28 days later. Like, I was, I I picked it up. I was like, yeah, you know, I was just looking at it and I was like, this ain't 28 days later. (laughs) Um, All right, so uh, moving along here, we got uh, The Doctor and the Devils from Screen Factory out on Blu ray. 19 movies um, on four discs. <laughs> nice. Uh, looking forward to this release. I've actually never seen this film before. Uh, it's from 19, I believe, 86 or something like that. Or It's from the 80s. But 
Looking forward to the Doctor and the Devils. Um, then we got another Blu-ray release called The Ninth Configuration. Hmm. I have actually never heard of this movie hmm. at all. It's got Stacey Keach in it, which is a good start. Um, William Peter Vladdy's. Wow. This is, I'm assuming that he wrote this. I should probably do some research before I'm, you know, announcing these, but Sound not like me now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about that one, but it doesn't actually look that bad. And then we got another film called GPS. Are you serious? That sounds pretty yeah. shitty already. Oh man. So funny. Okay. It's GPS, the movie, and it actually has won a bunch of best or awards at film festivals the tagline festivals yeah Mm, yeah they are um the tagline is the hunt is on are they (laughs) are they even like like is there any festivals okay let me see here we have without a box the fuck's that whoa what the fuck is his best action film okay that's weird and then Tacoma Film Festival, so this is done in Washington, uh, Best Local Film, and yeah. Official Selection, AOF, Best Visual Effects. Yeah, I don't know. Those are None of those happen. matter. At yeah. No. No. So it's, uh, it's, a ve- it's very misleading. <laughs> Absolutely. I love if it says, like, award winner on the top, and it's, like, all these, like, little known. That's why I yeah, love yeah. with, like, trailers. You get, like, the shittiest Adam Sandler movie, and it's like, this is the best romantic comedy of the year. And then you, like, look at who said that. It's, like, just, like, some random dude that they yeah, found. it's like, just some dude in a bar. <laughs> awesome. Trust me, I tracked one of those guys down. <laughs> all right. You see, he was still sitting there. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D. This is the best movie of the year, Justin Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so that is actually going to do it for the releases that I have. JP, if you have any more, feel free to add to it. Um, yeah, there's like fuck all. Fuck no, all for November any. 4th. I don't have any else. Next next week looks a little better, but... <clears throat> yeah, it's picking up. There's actually quite a few good releases on November 11th. So, Oh yeah, there's actually a shit ton. Okay, so we'll get to those next week. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. So, we what do we got next? Voicemails, JP. Yeah. Actually, we have one voicemail. Guys, get your voicemails in. I we yeah, want to hear them. We want yeah. to play them, and we want to talk about them. So uh, this is the only one we have. Um, hey, one of top five serial killers. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to in the stupid call. Uh, Okay, so I'm actually not sure who that was, but I think it might have been Mike from the group page asking us our top five serial killers. He didn't specify if he (laughs) meant uh, real serial killers or serial killers in films, um, but he sounded like a serial killer, a real life one. Uh, So if that is Mike, you are now Creepy Mike. Uh, say your name when you call anybody who calls, just so we know. Um, <laughs> creepy Mike. Look yeah. Them, JP. So creepy Mike. Um, our top five <laughs> favorite uh, serial killers moods. I don't know how you could have a top five favorite serial killer. Well, it's you know, I, I don't who like serial killers. I do. I love. I spent killers. so much time in high school. I think anybody who's into horror had that phase where they sat there and like researched all the like real life killers. Like I would do it all the time. I would make all these reports on like Ed Gein. <laughs> like, I like, you know, oh, he's my favorite. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I would. I was yeah. honestly the exact same way. Yeah. You know, 
uh, back in high school. Like I, I honestly, um, I, you guys probably can't see right behind me, but I fucking have a lot of books on serial killers. Like it was one of those things that you just wanted to read up because it was interesting. Like how the it's fuck did this person, you know, kill all these people and then go fuck their dead bodies or eat them or fucking bury and just go on with their everyday lives. Like it was fascinating. Yes. You know, yes, absolutely. And, and this is, the the list that I came up with here is is based read I basically thought of the first five people that I was obsessed with like I thought that their lives and stuff and what they were doing was the very Gacy, intriguing the Gacy murders happened like forty minutes away from me yeah. it's like it's it's fucked all right so uh, number five on my list here is uh, Dennis Rader also known as the BTK killer um, this guy was interesting because he fucked with he fucked around with cops for fucking 30 years never got caught or he eventually did get caught but for so long nobody knew who the fuck this guy was and you it's know, like he the was the killer yeah well yeah i mean he didn't but he never completely got, got away with it um but like the, the bind torture killer uh whole aspect of him was intriguing what he was doing because of what he stood for like he was like this everyday type of um you know neighborhood church goer he was a businessman like he just had he had a family a wife kids like he lived a very very normal normal life that's why i find this guy so intriguing that he would do these horrific things over such a long period of time and get away with it very intriguing killer been lots of movies not really a lot of good ones on the btk killer but i don't know he's an interesting character uh john wayne gacy at number four um he was an interesting one too uh Obviously, everybody knows about him. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer at number three. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was a fucked up one and probably the most explored serial killer for me because um, of his early growing up and just how he, he started out killing animals and they kind of knew something was kind of up with him. And just he was a very intriguing guy. To me, he, he has was, the he most a, interesting story. He does like he was a homosexual and he would lure in other gay men and kill them and and just save their bodies and I, I remember reading this one biography on him and and him talking about that he would f- cut off the penises of these guys and he would freeze them and he would freeze them and he would use them as sex toys after and stuff and i was like fuck is that oh that's <laughs> fucking, fucked bizarre, up. fucking bizarre shit man but yeah. the one intriguing thing that i read on dahmer that was very fucking weird like this is why serial killers fascinate me because they do weird shit like this that you know his locker at he worked at this plant or whatever and the guys in the break room and stuff were complaining about the stench of from his locker and stuff. And it turns out that he actually had a head in his locker. Like he just brought Jesus a head to work. Christ. Nobody you know, knows that like, there's a head in there. You yeah, would be surprised so- how um, unsuspecting these serial killers are, right? I mean, it's yeah. just it's the people you work with. It's the people you see walking across the street, you know. Yeah, and that's what's like, so huh? interesting about them is because they are us. They're just us but a little different and like why are they different that's why i find them interesting like what like how do you go from um like someone like me and be escalated to do something horrific like Dahmer? you know like like and you know bundy's a good example a lot of people thought he was just a normal fucking guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh Dahmer was a yeah fucking crazy crazy story very intriguing. Jeffrey uh, number, Dahmer files coming up. Yeah. Uh, number two, um, Ted Bundy. Now, Ted Bundy to me was probably one of the most twisted fucking serial killers ever because, I mean, he originally claimed that he killed like over 200 women or something like that. Um, we'll never really know, but he was interesting because he was such a smart, like very good looking man. Like he was a, a universe or like a college professor, university professor, whatever. Um, very good looking. He was, he had everything going for him and 
but he raped and killed women and fucked their dead bodies like days after he'd go back to the woods and fuck their bodies and just a really smart guy and like oh god he was really intriguing read a lot Probably of stuff on Ted Bundy suspecting totally just because of his profession and how good looking he was he didn't fit any of the criteria and he fried man yeah it's one of the last ones to fry i think um he died in 89 right i can't remember when he was executed yeah, I, think, I think he died in like the late 80s early 90s so mm-hmm. i think that's like right towards the end of when they stopped using the chair yeah yeah um and at number one i got uh, albert fish also known as the gray man um this oh, one the, the reason why i have albert fish at number one is because he was fucking so mysterious man like you didn't really know a lot about him he he was a child rapist slash cannibal um he claimed that he killed like i don't know what it was like 100 to 150 kids or something like that Which and he also claimed with these serial killers to yeah, yeah. Um, but, inflate their but, actual killings but you never know mm-hmm. also yeah, but the, the the intriguing thing about Albert Fish that I found, I was reading a biography on him one time, and he was saying that that he claims that he killed a kid in every different state, in every state. I was like, wow, that's pretty fucking interesting. But I don't know, man. His whole story is very intriguing. Definitely seek out a uh, a yeah, biography on him because it's pretty fucking wild, man. Pretty wild shit. So yes, but yeah, I guess mm-hmm. I'll go next. Um, yeah. Uh, my number five is Albert Fish, and uh, he arguably could be lower on the list. But man, that guy is just pure evil sounding. There was a Older. documentary um, that was on Netflix years back that I checked out. And man, like that letter—you know the letter that he wrote, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that is just terrible. That is a terrible person. Have you ever seen the the movie The Gray Man? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, it's it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, number four is uh, Bundy. Um, same reasons that Mood said. Uh, three is Gacy. Uh, two is Dahmer. Um, I think that Dahmer's, I remember reading, I think his favorite film was like The Exorcist or The Exorcist 3. Huh. Um, he used to take his, uh, you know, male prostitutes back to his uh, house and watch The Exorcist like over and over again. Yeah, he was nearby here too. I forgot about Dahmer was from around yeah. here too. Dahmer to me is just the most vile, like out of Man. them all. He, there's, he just did stuff that uh, just seems so extreme that, like, you have to literally have something missing in your brain to like. There hasn't been like not one just of be the, grossed out at some of this. Yeah, stuff. there hasn't been one of these like serial killers that have gotten really popular lately. Like, yeah. it seemed like that was like a late '90s type of a thing. That's because he's still doing podcasts. <laughs> But no, no, think about there. it. Like, when's the last time you've heard of, like, a serial killer, like, a Dude, major serial killer? Totally, man. The fucking yeah. serial killers went out with the fanny packs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dahmer was, like, the last one, right? Yeah. Like, major, yeah. major one? I think yeah. there's been some. I don't Casey know. Casey died in 94, so I don't know when Dahmer got killed. I mean, like, when he For, like, was doing his shit, though, right? I mean, that was in the 90s, right? Or was it in the 80s? I mean, there's tons so, of serial killers all the time. So but, Dahmer, yeah. and, but Dahmer nothing, and Gacy died in the same year. They both died in 94. So. Nothing so notorious like Dahmer, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or um, any of these guys. But my number one is uh, Ed Gain. And, you know, <laughs> who knows how many people he actually killed? You know, like two, three. Um, but... I don't know. I just I, – I, I like his story. It's because it's it, it was kind of um, at an early time, right? And it was the first one that seemed to be like, 
that got really popular um, that was as like weird and and like out there. I think the interesting thing about Ed Gein is that he started serial killing at such an old age. Well, there is like evidence, not conclusive, but there is evidence that he might have killed his brother when he was a kid also. Okay, but like doing exactly what he's known for and stuff, it yeah. kind of started like later in his life, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, things. definitely. I, I, I always recommend Deranged because it's actually a really accurate telling of the Ed Gein. I mean, uh, we have Chainsaw and Psycho and uh, Silence of the Lambs that are completely, you know, so far removed from the person. But Deranged mm-hmm. is, a, is a really good telling of, of the Ed Gein. Well, it's more specific to Ed Gein, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that one is really cool. Uh, I always find it weird that there's not really very many good uh, adaptations of these people's lives. You know, another guy from Wisconsin. Man, all these serial killers in Wisconsin and Illinois—it's fucking <laughs> weird. Yeah. So uh, those yeah. are mine, Jeremy. Must be it. Must be the flatlands and all the wind and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got sick of the bad gas, so they just wanted to start killing people. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. I'm not like educated in serial killers like you guys are. I mean, maybe you I never to... did this. You've never sat there and researched killers. I mean, for I mean, I know who they are and everything. Week, no, but I know who they are and everything. But it's like I don't really care. I they love the documentaries things. and I love the uh, you know just researching them. I like if anybody knows like the best documentaries on all these guys, drop a comment below because I want to watch them. I don't know, maybe I have to find a class on these serial killers and take it, and then I'll become more educated and I can give my opinions on who I think are are more fucked up for killing and raping people than the people that you talked about. Like, I'll watch, I feel like I know everything about them, you know, sometimes, but I'll watch like a 90-minute documentary and I'll learn like five new things and I'll be like, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, so many people dying is so awesome. Dude, you're a good, yeah. I don't even want to hear you. It's not about what they did. I'm not. I'm not. No, it's, it's more about like what they class. did. It's the psychology of why they did it. What yeah. like mm-hmm. what makes them them? I find it a hundred million percent fascinating on like, oh, how that can even happen. Like how? Yeah, does... I'm not saying it's not an, an interesting thing. I'm just not educated enough to name my top five favorite serial killers. I mean that's fair enough. That's yeah, I mean maybe totally. maybe this week I'll make I'll I'll do some research and next week's show I'll I just found it surprising topic. that you um I find that a lot of times the horror fans end up kind of straying into the real life horror and seeing what like what is some real horror, you know what I mean? So but they are and I know what they did and everything, but it's like I'm not like oh yeah. he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's it for – is that all we have for questions? And yep. Yeah, I believe and so. voicemails and, and emails? No emails this week? No emails. Oh, wow. We are, we're losing steam, boys. Come on. Um, yeah, so, of course, everybody out there listening, uh, if you got any questions for us next week, we're back on our regular schedule. So drop us a line. Drop us a question. Send us a voicemail. Send us a voicemail, whatever – you want to do get in contact with us so we will answer them from there so um yeah all right so for this week's uh corners report weird stacks and morbid facts 
Did I say stacks? Yep. Weird See, stats. We're all having trouble facts. talking this week. Jesus. It's probably because I haven't ate anything today. Uh, Rue Morgue's Corners Report. Um, this one I wanted to uh, to read out because I'm just curious on how many people this happens to a year. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure a number after. This is very <laughs> odd. Okay. Earlier this – oh, and by the way, this is actually from the brand new Rue Morgue uh, from October 2014. Um, earlier this year in Vienna, a herd of cows unexpectedly rushed and killed a German woman hiking through her fenced in pasture. It was later determined that the cows were riled by the sight of her unleashed dog. So wait, okay. it, a cow didn't fall through the roof this time. It just, <laughs> no, Oh, I never, I never even thought of that. Yeah, another thing based on cows. Yeah. But honestly, how many people get killed a year from cow herd of <laughs> cows? Oh my God. Uh, I mean, that, honestly, that, that doesn't fucking happen. Like cows are so like Kyle. usually set in their own little ways. They don't like, really give a shit, but they got that riled from an unleashed dog. <laughs> if you would have said like man. bulls, I would be like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think these were litter, like literally, you know, cows raising cows, raising cows. Yeah, it's pretty odd. That is so weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird. That made me laugh when I read it. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for the morbid stat. And, uh, yeah. Morbid stat. Alrighty. So we are going to move along to what we watched. The main review. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think we're going to start off with the main review. It's not really a main review because I don't think we're going to talk about it that much, but I just, we got to mention it. True that. True that. So, um, we are going to bring up the 2014 film called Mutantis. Yeah, so this was, um, you know, courtesy of Dire Wit Films. They sent us some screeners, which was really cool. Um, and we watched them. He's going to cover it on uh, the show that we missed a couple weeks back. Um, but we're just going to talk about it right now instead. So, what do you guys think? This movie's fucking hilarious. The freaking dialogue just made me laugh so hard. Like like we were talking about earlier, it's trying to be a f- shitty film on purpose. It's not like, you know, shot oh, video man. days. But like the the girls dressing up as guys and the guys dressing up as girls just made me piss my pants laughing. It's I was so I was dying I was literally dying the whole time with that boys dressed yeah. up as girls and yeah. vice versa thing. It was fucking killing me the whole movie. Man. The whole movie it was killing you? Like honestly, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest on this one. When I seen that, I, I didn't even recognize it at first, which is crazy. I know, right? Because it's so obvious. But I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. That's clever. But I, I didn't like it. It was just like whatever. I didn't really think it was like a like a really funny thing. I don't think it added to like funny performances or anything. It just was like funny when I first realized it. And that was it. Oh, man. Come on. It, I thought it was super funny. Those mustaches. Oh, man. It's the so fact that bad. the costumes were bad that it made it funny. If they were yeah. like good costumes, and it'd be like, but it kind of reminded me of like South Park when the go- when the cop goes on the street to become a prostitute. Like it's like that kind of bad costume that's like it just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does somebody I- want to give the actual storyline to the film? Oh, there's the storyline. <laughs> go ahead. It's- go ahead. You give it. Hold on, I can't even remember what the fuck it's about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you I go. actually, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the fuck is it about? It's forgetable. It's yeah. forgettable. Oh, okay, what was it? I'm it had something to do with, 
scientists looking for a uh, creature uh, who lived in the woods and this creature is like raping people. It's a mutant of uh, like evolution. I don't really know, but that's kind of what it is. It's uh, multi-sexed also. It's a hermaphrodite, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. And it is in a costume, a crudely designed costume, crudely on purpose. I get the joke. I understand that. I, I get it. Um, I just don't really want it. I, I don't really get these type of films. That I hate that. movies like this. Also, Do you? Maybe. Thank Not, you. Yeah, I only like Thank The Taint. You. The Taint is like the one movie that I like. Oh, it's this is funny. And Manborg. But like movies that are like trying to be bad like this, like they just annoy me. Like, I, want, I wanted, I wanted to. I wanted to turn it off like halfway through because I was like, I was, I'm, it gets stale really fast. It you know, does. to be honest, I really enjoyed it. I personally love m- movies like this because they're just ridiculous. But honestly, the the mutated monster, or I guess it was like, it, was it supposed to be a Bigfoot or something like that? Like I, I thought mutated, it was more lizardish. It was like a lizard big. I don't know something like that. But um, that's trying to procreate and stuff. Um, <laughs> I up a worse. But like so ridiculous. Like the fucking the penis. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I not will admit fun? that that looked pretty good. Like yeah. I was like, all right, that was a cool design of like how they did it and stuff. And when it would slowly come out, it was like gross. <laughs> like I like I thought that that looked okay. But my point here is, yes, the, what they're going for is over the top ridiculousness. But what I'm saying is, it's just not clever. There is nothing clever about it. It's not like South Park that goes over the top ridiculous. But South Park is clever. This is basic, dude. And I like if you can prove to me or like try to convince me that like there there was actual like talent behind some of this, I'm all for it. But I don't see it. Yeah, it's it's like the narr- super the, basic that anybody could do this. I like the voiceover narration thing was weird too. But it doesn't necessarily make it that it's not entertaining, though, just because anybody could do it. It doesn't have to be, you know, completely fresh and original and, you know, whatever else you want to state. But I don't know, man. I had a lot of fun with it, to be honest, like the fucking claws and shit. I don't know. There was just certain things about the the effects and stuff that were very it had charm to it. I don't know. Maybe you're more accustomed to watching these type of movies. It's like me and it well, seems like all of these go say, for that offensive that style too, where they're like, Oh, like, like the guy's getting raped by the dick. It like, it just, it's like, okay, dude, I've seen it done before over and over again. It's not really that offensive anymore. It's just stupid now. Mm-hmm. Well, well, whatever, man. It's like, I mean, it's no different than a slasher film. You watch a generic slasher film and you see some sleaziness going on there and, same typical type kills and same storylines and stuff. I, I disagree mean, a little bit on that because at least they're trying in the slasher film. These not people, necessarily. but they're trying to make them. They're trying to they, make a I movie. I don't know about not necessarily. They're they're at least like making a movie. This they going in with the intention. Let's do this because it's going to get a reaction to uh, people being offended, or it's going to uh, you know be uh, you know like just you. Were, is that is that really the way you take it though? You think that that was intended just to be, you know, yes. just done for reactions and stuff? I mean, mm, it's I just think a dick. So. It's just a dick it's... being raping and stuff. It's not that offend. Like honestly, the people that are watching these films oh, are yeah. not being offended by that. It, yeah. I mean, it's just more for entertainment. I don't think it's meant to be. Hey, let's throw this fucking huge cock into this guy's asshole. <laughs> and everyone's going to be super offended. No, I don't think that is because honestly, the people that are watching these movies yeah. watch these movies. Okay, like, I, 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 I agree like the with that. It's not for reaction. That, yeah. It's for entertainment value. It's a but it's big a, fucking huge slimy cock, and I thought that shit 
it was funny. Why? <laughs> because I like that stuff. I like that type of humor. I like dirty fucking rape cocks and, you know, stupid effects and shit. Like, it, I mean, the whole cross-dressing gender thing that was, you know, <laughs> wasn't but actually cross-dressing. That's just the way funny. they did it. But If you're trying to be funny, you can't just say, like, you know – Orange, you glad I didn't say banana because that shit's played out. You have to innovate. You have to do something that hasn't been done, or you just have to do it in well, a maybe, different with maybe, a different spin. It's I've seen somebody, this shit a million times. These like yeah, maybe, this maybe type for somebody of, that doesn't have a sense of humor. I I, know, I I really do think I have a solid sense of humor. I just don't get the. I'm just not that into like the immature humor that's not creative. I like creative stuff. I like creative funny jokes. I don't like just like, oh look, it's poop. Oh look, it's a dick. Oh look, <laughs> he's being See, raped. Fair enough, fair enough. But you like, not like the taint then. Honestly, this is I love dick and fart jokes, man, and they never get if old to me. It doesn't matter if like South It doesn't Park even have to be creative. creative. It doesn't even have to be creative. I can be walking down the street and someone farts and I will literally lose my shit. I'm like that is the funniest joke I've I've seen all day. It's about you know, the context too, though. If I'm walking down the street and I hear just some guy fart next to me, yeah, it's gonna be funny. But when somebody is like over the top, like, just, like shitting, already, on, you know, you... shitting on the film, I'm like, it, or, or, or like, it's, I don't know, man. It just it seems so silly to me, and I can't take it for anything because I just feel like they don't have a clue on how to do anything that's that's gonna make me laugh. They just are literally doing whatever they think of, and that's it. Who's lost his shit just by you describing it? I don't know, man. I just, I I find the whole, this whole, like, I mean, the movie's, obviously it's meant to be, like, retarded. It's half man, half beast, fucking raping people. But the thing, you know, it didn't get old to me because it was so short. This movie was, like, super fast. I mean, I don't know. When did you guys lose interest? Five, ten minutes into it or what? Uh, About 20 minutes. Well, I I didn't necessarily lose interest at all. I just mm-hmm. felt like it's played out. I don't like these type of films because they're literally – there's no art to them. There's Remember, absolutely no art. Oh, man. I don't think there needs to be art to a film like this. Yeah. You know, it's different. This this is this is like a genre all by itself, like goofy. Yeah. This like, is it's goofy. Like, it's like the taint. You wouldn't like the taint or Manborg JP then. Well, the thing with the taint though, the taint's actually a lot – like it's, 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 it has a higher production. It's a comp. It de- it definitely does. It's it, yeah. there's a lot of things different about the taint that's going on with this one. Yeah, but it's this still one is just like this it, one's though. pretty silly. I mean, yeah, the taint is obviously silly. It's exploding penises. Well, <laughs> the, exploding the thing penises is, they're sure. not doing anything. And I'll talk about this later in another film that I watched and why I find them different. But the film the film that I'm referencing is Thanks Killing. Okay, I like Thanks Killing. It's not a fantastic movie, but they're doing something. They're doing something that that they're trying to be a little bit clever or have charm to it or or do something that's necessarily not the same thing over and over again. The rape, the rape, the guy, like guys getting raped in these type of films and these like like poop jokes and like sex jokes, like they don't work because they're so stupid. They don't make any attempt to to try. Just try, dude. Dude, it, the whole movie doesn't have to make sense, though, to be like, it's just entertainment. You know, it's 70 fucking minutes of nonsense. I mean, it's about a doctor that brings, he basically uses his kids as bait. And what is the <laughs> biggest failure yeah, in like entertainment? Yeah, same with people not being entertaining. That's, the, I don't know, man. See, they I just nothing. have a different. They got nothing in this film. Everybody out there, avoid this thing like the goddamn plague. It's an awful movie. This isn't even a movie. 
oh, it's so fucking crazy how different we are. Man, I, I don't know, man. I had a lot of fucking fun with this. I, I mean, to a certain extent, I am playing devil's advocate because, like I said, I wasn't necessarily bored by it. I did find some some things like the, the like the way the penis thing worked. I did find that funny. Like I was like, okay, that's that's something that's funny. But I just find that. And like you said, the, you know, people switching the guys playing girls and the girls playing guys. I did find, I was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I, that's an interesting little concept and stuff, but it's, it's so short. It's, it's like, I've, I've got a little giggle out of it and that's it. And it did work a little bit more certain times in the film when you really noticed it. Um, but just, just the way that these characters are like the so over the topness, like none of these, I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't get these films. Why make it so bad? Like why make it, to where you're not even trying at all. And I know that's the point. And it drives me crazy because I don't like that. I don't like the idea of doing that. I'm pretty sure the budget on this film too was like like a thousand bucks or something like that too. Like they made this film for basically nothing. You know, so yeah, but you know what else was made for next to nothing? The battery. Yeah, and that's a masterpiece. So I don't want to hear that. Like, well, they had no money. Well, thing. yeah, but but honestly, dude, that's completely not fair though, because the battery. This movie actually has special effects and stuff like that in it too, right? Like, you have to spend a little bit of time and you know money to to do. I mean, not some of the costumes obviously were fucking like three dollar costumes, but even you know doing the penis stuff and you know it takes a little bit of time and at least a little bit of cash and stuff to do that too right but i, yeah, and I understand that. that i mean i do give them credit where credit's due i do like i said i think that 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 design and i actually think that the design of the creature like i thought that was cheesy funny like i was like okay like i'm down with this but Dude, he's got it, like it mobster pinchers came, man he's i know like mobster pinchers. i know it's but so it was funny. it was funny like thanks killing right the kill the turkey puppet like i was like okay i'm down with that but when the, it's the characters that are just like in the the, just this stuff that's happening outside of that, it's all just so boring to me. There's just nothing. It's recycled garbage. Well, yeah, I was pretty okay. bored too. That's why I'm not talking about it because I okay. really don't have much to say. Basically, what it comes down to is this movie's for people that like really, really stupid films. Yeah, like, yeah. I like actually, Bill Zabub type shit. I actually watched uh, – Actually, Mr. Parker reviewed this film and gave it a pretty positive review too. And it just sounded right a mile. I, I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. So, I mean, yeah, if you're not into these type of movies, like, like I say in lots of my reviews too, if you don't like 80s cheesy slashers and stuff, stay the fuck away from them. You're not going to like it. This is very, very low budget, micro budget, actually no budget, fucking ridiculousness throughout the whole film. Yeah, stay away from it, man. If, if this isn't your type of thing. Um, but if you're into it, definitely check it out in my opinion what is the what uh, like the the main thing that you go to is it's inter, it's entertainment right mm -hmm. and, and you know that's what most film is right it, it is entertainment so i'm with you on that and if and if you find this stuff entertaining then yeah you're gonna find it inter entertaining i found I some love it's entertaining but but is that all it is it this is just nothing but it doesn't have any like you know real substance to it i mean come on man i mean it's 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 you supposed to be ridiculous <laughs> well it's been, it's been like a month since i've seen yeah, it too i had to kind of look at the cover to remind myself but uh i mean honestly dude i can't remember shit that happened yesterday would you watch so, this again? in all fairness would i watch this again yeah yeah i would because <laughs> i have a tolerance that you guys would not even under begin to understand yeah you forget from. Boots watches like eight movies a day so it's like <laughs> yeah but this actually isn't even the worst film that i saw during this this period but 
I mean, fuck, dude, it's 70 minutes, man. It's not like I'm, you know, oh, yeah. spending two like fucking Manboard, hours on this film. Like an hour, yeah. yeah, it's so quick, and I just, you know, whatever. I mean, it's not something I, I, I necessarily want to watch all the time, but this is exactly my point with when it comes to, you know, these type of films, these type of horror films, or comedy horror, whatever it may be. Like, I can watch Mutantis, and then I can, you know, watch, like, a serious-ass horror film. I could watch Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre, then I could watch fucking... You know, Cockneys for Zombies. I go back and forth between quality, you know, like real good films. It, it just, I vary all the time. And I'm always looking for different types of films. I really don't like to kind of subject myself to just one type of horror film. I know and, we all don't. And I'm the same way. But, you know, even with these films, I'll watch them all day. Give me a million of them. I'll go through them. It might take a little while. It, I'm not opposed to giving them a chance. It's just when I get through the film and I'm like, that was nothing. I just, I just experienced nothing. There was minor things for a little bit, like the things that I mentioned. But I'm also saying this isn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. Like there, there is some entertainment value to it. But overall, there's just nothing to latch onto. There is no substance. It is nothing after you're done. You don't feel anything. It's just nothing. It's like, yeah. I, I just spent, you know, 60 but, minutes you know, in all, watching this. In all fairness, in all fair, fairness, when I, you know, when I click on a movie called Mutantis, I'm not looking to take anything out of it. I'm just looking for 73 minutes of eating popcorn and playing with my balls. So, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much what I'm going to get out of this, right? The so, combos. Well, when I go to combos. watch a movie, I'm expecting, uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be good most of the time because. You should expect to have a to to watch a good movie. I mean, well, I mean, I mean. Obviously, I don't pop in movies expecting them to be like complete shit. And like, I don't know. That's kind of a weird attitude to go in. You're like, oh yeah, this movie. I hope it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I want. That's probably I wanted not what you're film do. to be good. You know, they sent us this film to review. Like, like yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to you know um, like it. Uh, but the fact is, it's 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 disposable. It's it's just garbage it's somewhat entertaining garbage i will say that there is some moments but it just it like i said time and time again there's nothing to it and uh, i think you agree with that though but you know you just more entertained by those type of jokes and i think it's almost a personal thing with me with these films because i don't like the style i don't want people to be doing this with their time and money because well, I, I just feel like it's degrading the genre it's it's making it worse and i just wow. wish people would go away from man jp I don't you mean, are like, raping this fucker I don't man mean personally man. i just mean the Dude, style of filmmaking I have so much respect for people to make films like this because why they're just they're they just trying a, yeah they they are they fun. trying though are they tr- do you think this was their hardest are. do you think they tried their best in this film do you think they tried Dude, to make the best had, they if could? you have if you have a hundred bucks what kind of movie are you gonna make i'm gonna try as hard as i can and if i fail cool. how do you I not don't feel like they're trying dude i think they're better than this Really? I yes, think they, I think they put a I put I think they put a lot of effort in especially with the effects and stuff like that. Like I mean they're not a fucking, you know, Tom okay, Savini fucking one effects thing and stuff. That costs no money, okay? You know what that is? Dialogue. Write some dialogue. Mm-hmm. Make some better dialogue. Take more time on the script. Make it make funny clever jokes. Yeah, well everyone's not a fucking comedian like you, JP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I told I I actually 100% agree with not having uh, or with, you know, with dialogue and stuff like that. I've stressed many times in reviews and stuff that you can have a really good movie and it, the dialogue can just ruin it at times. You know, really, really fucking bad, awful dialogue can take you right out of it and stuff. I mean, like I said, going into this movie, you know that the dialogue is not going to be great. 
other yeah. things aren't going to be that great. It probably is just going to be you know below average, mediocre stuff. But I mean, that's the way I go into it looking at it. And, and I kind of keep films? that mentality. Like you want people to go out and make these type of films over other types of films, like these ones that are just this no, entertainment dude, I see, type I stuff. See, I want to see a classic film, like you know, you know something tomorrow like a major classic film but i have no problem with movies like this i mean that probably stems from me watching shot on video films too but like, they I go in with a mentality to make something like this right like why can't you go in with a mentality to make you know dude honestly if everybody was making the same type of films that would be boring as shit but it's not I mean, this isn't a, like i'm not saying like only make vampire films or something i'm just saying don't no, go I mean, in and intentionally make your film bad well i mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to say that, you know, this is what everybody should be doing and stuff. But, I mean, it was this movie is a comedy horror. It's a fucking comedy is it's what it's a, supposed to be. <laughs> yes. I but mean, it's that's, not I funny. think that's what it's intended to do. Well, that I mean, that's... It's slightly that's, funny. I'm, 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 I'm being I mean, overly harsh on this. Too. You're making me be overly harsh on this because there are some things. There are uh, some things. Like, this isn't by far nowhere even close to the worst film I've seen. See, now, the thing is, you know, with a movie like this is that, you know, if you have the notion that this movie is going to have, like, high production values and, and you know, it's going to be a better film than it's probably meant to be, you know, going into it, if you have the wrong notion, I think it's, you know, it's going to taint your... That's you why know, I try to go in with no notion. Like, I, I, I went into this one, I tried to avoid what Yins was saying about it and anything I've seen. Like, I wanted to go into it and just have whatever it was presented to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. What it comes down to, like I said, I watch a lot of fucking micro, micro budget films. And some are bad. Some are not entertaining at all. This one I did find entertaining. I mean, I wish some of the dialogue was a little better, though. I will agree with that because some of it at times I was even like, <laughs> seriously, kind of laughing at the fact that it was so bad. Um, but it is what it is, man. Whatever. I have respect for people that that make films with uh, pocket change so yeah so do i but I, I i mean i don't have respect for people who go in and try to make a bad film sorry i just don't like that style um i say anybody out there who like but it is slightly, meant to be a comedy though right but that doesn't so, mean it has to be bad every every comedy is pretty much bad Come okay on. But what I'm saying is anybody out there who doesn't like these type of films, you know the type. Like just by the way we're talking about it, you know the type. Just avoid this one. If you are somebody like Moods, they do exist. They're rare. No, I'm just kidding. But you guys know if you'll like it. I say avoid it. But if we're going to get into ratings, um, like I said, I was being more harsh than I probably truly felt on this one. But that's because I was trying to prove a point. This is a 3 out of 10 for me. It's still better than the entity, not not the <laughs> oh, not yeah. the um not the good entity, the the Fangoria Freight Fest. I agree with you. Right it, now. That one's just called Entity. Yeah. Okay, that movie's fucking trash. Yeah, it's bad. <sighs> All right. Um, <laughs> see, for me, it's completely different. Like, I mean, obviously, I know this is not a great film. Um, it, it has moments for me, uh, but I, you know, I would loosely recommend it because. Um, you know, for the small amount of people that are crazy like I am and watch really, really bad and shitty films and enjoy them, um, I'm going to give it a five and a half out of ten just five for – I mean Man. alone. The, the oh, cock is, is great. I don't know. Maybe it's because I am I am adapt to watching 
shitty movies in film school that I'm just annoyed of them and I'm really, really, really don't want to watch them in my free time. Now, I know that those films are usually, you know, eight to ten minutes long, so I watch a lot of them in a row usually, but um, when I have free time, I don't want to spend an hour of my time watching a movie that's shitty. Now, I understand some of it's really funny and really is pushing it but it could do it if it's done right like in manborg it could do something really really interesting and funny like it does in that film but um you know it i i know what it's like to make a film with no money at all and things like that but you just have to you have to try and i just don't think this film is really trying yeah, that that's 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 film. my argument too, Jeremy. I'm yeah, right. I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. But, but whatever, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. But mm-hmm. that's cool. You know what? I'm going to leave the link down to Dave's review so you guys can check out. You know, and I'll check it out. A, as a well. quick little review, not an argument on a film. But if you guys want to check out the review on that one. It's short, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, like I said, there are people like moods, and even like me. You know, I'm I'm game to watch. Do you like Thanksgiving? Do I like Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um. Not particularly. I don't think it's very good. It's better than this film, but it's not a film that I would buy and watch more than once. <laughs> see, I'm no stranger to these type of films. I mean, I've seen them. I've I've it's, seen a lot of the. Uh, see, with with Thanks Killing, it's nowhere near this level. Like it's like Thanks Killing, uh, Ginger Dead Man. Looks like it has an effort, right? No, no. And, Thanks and Killing. And you can compare these films very well because Thanks Killing also had a budget in the under five thousand dollar range right and thanks killing has something to it it has they even like the score for example they went out and tried to do uh the best they could with a score the score for thanks killing is awesome the uh you know they spent some time on the dialogue actually yeah some of it is bad intentionally but it's still funny bad because it's it's just a little bit more clever they i don't know man it's just like this one just feels like they didn't have any heart or charm or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, can I, can I finish my... my yeah, rating? sorry. Like I said, Thanksgiving is totally on a different level than this film. I don't know, maybe because it's the production value, but I kind of like put like Thanksgiving up there with like Ginger Dead Man and... No way. Evil Bong and things like... Yeah. <sighs> Because dude, Evil Bong and, and Ginger Dead Man, I mean, that's like full moon. They they yeah, they have but, a sizable budget. I mean, they, mm-hmm. Thanks Killing, I believe, was shot for two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. They just they just feel the same to me. To be, I mean, of course, they have a higher production value, but uh, because they took more time and effort. Aesthetically, aesthetically, they look like the same type of film, in my opinion. But like, like I said, I put like those up there, like way above this film, but. <laughs> Um, ah, you guys are taking this shit way too fucking serious. Come on, I'm not man. taking it serious, moods. I just breaking dude, the we, shit every down day, like dude, every time we shit. every time we do these <laughs> reviews, though, you know we take them serious. You just want to say that we shouldn't take them serious because this film isn't serious. But I mean, look at our reviews on, uh, you know, the the woman or uh, you know, beneath. We took those very serious. We just that's how that's what we do here. It's just fun. <laughs> Three out of ten. All right, so Mutantis, uh, one recommendation to go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I like that. So that's good, though. I mean, <clears throat> I kind of, I kind of figured exactly how that was going to go. Yeah, Not I actually really, did too. Like, surprised. I knew you was going to like it, 
I knew I was gonna after I watched it. I knew I was like probably not gonna like it. I mean, dude, three out of ten is a fair rating for this film, though. Or, no, because my five out of ten is my average, and, and I recommend at five. I well, I'm no. Let me finish. Five out of ten is where I recommend, right? Yeah, Three five out of ten just, is average, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you I mean, don't think this film was below like on average a on a production level. It's different. I'm rating it. I'm talking how about I on a it. content level, not production. A content the main substance. What does it have? What is it offering? Yeah. Nothing really. It's offering <laughs> low budget shittiness, and I respect that. I, I don't know what it is. It's I just I rated I rated the film on how I liked it. So that's just how I rate films. I mean, if you want to rate like everything, like production value and everything into there, my you might overall those type of reviews for like really, really good films. Just what does mm. it contain? What it, what is it offering to me? Okay. Yeah. Sounds that was good. a good one. Um, yeah, Mutantis <laughs> like from 2014. Thank you, Dire Wit Films. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. I yeah. really hope they don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> so moving along to what we watched, that was kind of like a main review and to start I know, off. I didn't but, expect uh, it to be. Okay, so who wants to start off with uh, what they watched? So are we, how many are we doing? Are we just going to do a... Yeah. Just go, hour? Jeremy. All right. So let's see. The first one I want to talk about, let's do... Um, a film from 1991 that I sent to Moods that's called – that's titled The Bower. And um, this film is an interesting, interesting uh, – uh, it's like a sci-fi type horror type of a film. But it was released by um, the guy who directed Henry Portrait, the serial killer. And um, it's it's known for not having a release. Um, you can only get it on VHS and Laserdisc. Um the reason that I think is that I've heard that it doesn't have a a, uh, a DVD or you know a digital release is that there's one print of the film. Uh, this is what I heard from the director. There's one print of the film, re- um, you know, still around, and it was in Chicago for a long, long time, like six or seven years. And um, somebody in Europe bought it, and the guy who bought it died. So now they have no idea what this print is. And it's just sitting somewhere, and that's why the film doesn't have a uh, official release. Because well, they should have thought of this potential predicament before I went to Europe. <laughs> yeah, they should have just pressed this thing up a long time ago. Yeah, Come yeah. yeah. This film is interesting. It's about like this alien who goes to Earth, and um, he gets he gets caught by these by these two rednecks, and um, one of the rednecks cuts off his head. But he still he still moves around and things like that. Um, his decapitation doesn't kill him. So the way that he he survives is he cuts off one of the rednecks' heads and he puts it where his head is. So now um, he's going around with his rednecks' head. It's more of a horror comedy. It's really really fucking funny. And um, it's just him um, living on Earth and not knowing what's going on because he hasn't lived here. And it's him, like, trying to learn the culture and things like that. And it's just really fucking funny because as the film goes on, he loses his head more and more times. And he keeps replacing it with other people's heads. So it's just funny. Like, it's this white, this huge white guy. And then all of a sudden he has, like, this black guy's head on. And it's just really fucking funny. And um, there's some really good gore and things like that during the kills where he's, um, you know cutting off the heads and putting them on his body and things like that but it's more of a dark comedy type of a film and i really really wish it would get an official release because it's really really 
really funny, and um, it it was refreshing to see it because um, I actually saw it projected on Laserdisc. Yeah, it was fucking awesome to see to see a Laserdisc in a in a theater. I know I told uh, Moods and JP when I saw it that it was it was getting projected on Laserdisc, and the last like three minutes of the film, the Laserdisc shat out, and it was just hilarious because like. You know, you can't really see the ending of what happened, but it's on YouTube and things like that. But um, it's just a really fun and um, interesting film. So check it out if you could find it on Laserdisc. If you have a player or VHS, I know everyone probably has a has a VHS player uh, or not. Just find it online. It's on YouTube and things like that. So eight out of ten. Awesome! Awesome. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Is that cool? Uh, one of the films I watched this week is from two thousand. It was like two weeks ago. Uh, this is uh, a film from the year two thousand fourteen, and it is based off of a Stephen King short story that was in the uh, compilation "Full Dark No Stars." This film is a Lifetime original film, and it is Big Driver from two thousand fourteen. Uh, this film follows a author. Go figure. Uh, and it is her, and she is going on these this you know unfamiliar territory road where she is doing a book signing. Uh, she ha- it has this weird technique that they're using where she's like talking you know plot element where she's like talking to her GPS and stuff, and it's it's like her subconscious. Um, I didn't think it really worked too well, uh, but that's beside the point. And then she gets to the book signing, she does her thing, and the owner of the bookstore gives her a shortcut she pops it into her v, uh, gps and on her way there she gets a flat tire uh there is a man in a big truck that pulls up who is also big and he then knocks her out rapes her and this is a rape revenge film so my overall thoughts on this film i thought it was actually a solid representation of the story i've actually read this story which is surprising um and i do think you know obviously the story gets very graphic and uh, violent. Uh, that is definitely toned down for something on network TV like Lifetime. Uh, but I did think that they accurately, you know, portrayed a rape scene. So I was very surprised by that. Uh, and I felt like the rape and the early portion of the film was very solid. You know, it, it worked for a TV movie and especially Lifetime. You know, I wasn't expecting much. Uh, the revenge portion of the film felt very rushed and it felt like the uh tension and just dread and fear and um you know rage that was captured in the novel was nowhere near captured on screen so overall i thought it was a solid attempt especially for lifetime said it say it again uh but overall left me wanting a bit more should have probably been a uh you know theatrical film or or you know a you know a little bit of not on lifetime uh six and a half out of ten <laughs> it should have been a little bit of not on lifetime <laughs> <laughs> i mean does this one sound interesting to you guys though i mean like it like um does it sound like a little bit surprising considering it's lifetime oh fuck man the content does not seem like it should be on that network you've read this story too right yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's pretty violent and, you know, uh, graphic. And this is definitely not. But, I mean, it, it, I was actually a bit surprised at what they what they did show. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Big driver. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wonder why that was made into a, 
you know, for that network. Why do you think that's happening? has been dabbling in the yeah. horror genre lately, yeah. dude. It's weird. I know it's that too. But even <laughs> to take that type of movie with that content to that network, don't you think that's kind of a stretch? Like, you, like um, you think if you made that movie, if you presented that to them, you're like, hey, I've got this uh, rape revenge film. You guys want to show it on the Lifetime network? Like, <laughs> well, I don't I know. Do it know. Yeah. I do know that Lifetime, it's a woman's network, right? Primarily, it's yeah. that's a yeah, target yeah. demographic. Um, and that kind of goes to the debate, uh, is, are these rape revenge films, uh, empowering to women or, or are they sleaze? I'll get into that later. Well, I think a little bit it is empowering to women. I mean, cause the whole I revenge so thing, too. Is, you yeah. know, but I see it. I think a lot of women see it. They only see the, they only see the rape, right? Especially in this one where the revenge isn't <laughs> like, is, yeah, is uh, good as the rape, not the rape is good, but you guys get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so cool. I mean, I I I do think that it it almost kind of fits Lifetime. I know they've done like TV movies based on rape and stuff before, but at the same time, you're absolutely right. It's like it's like it's like, hey, you guys want to do an I spit on your grave? <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Interesting. All right. So, um, first film I'm going to talk about is a uh, Dustin Mills film, and it is called The Hornet Sting and the Hell It Caused. That is um, an awesome title. Yeah. I know, isn't it? A great title. Uh, fantastic title. Really cool cover, too. Um, this is an interesting film. Um, it basically follows uh, your lead character. Her name is Rose. Um, she is a photographer, and she spe- specializes in some like pretty random shit. Like, she basically uh, kind of has these people kidnapped, and she specializes like in bondage and like dehumanization um you know degradation murder things like that and stuff but while she's doing all these things to people breaking down their human life and stuff she's taking photographs and whatnot and shit um it almost seems like she's kind of just torturing the shit out of these people just making them just not want to live anymore and stuff and that's essentially what it is you know it's people getting kind of tortured and and murdered off and she's taking photographs and stuff um now it sounds pretty basic but this one Oh man, it is really good. It's really good. It's interesting how Dustin filmed this because your main character, Rose, she's pretty much naked throughout the whole film. And she's like, you know, torturing and, you know, and killing off these people and they're naked too. Um, you get a special appearance by, uh, by Dave Parker in this one. And, uh, you get to see a lot of Dave in this movie. Uh, you guys can use your imaginations on what I mean by that. Oh, Ronald Dave? Hey, <laughs> serious? It's really shocking, actually, because you get to see Dave's penis about eight times in this movie. <laughs> and I was, like, just shocked by that. I was like, holy fuck. Like, wild. Wild. But I know whole... that guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I know I that, to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, no, it's shot really good. Like, Dustin has a really cr- interesting way of uh, using cinematography as a key tool in his films. And it just – it's brilliantly done. It's really do- – it's brilliantly done. It sounds like done. he puts oh, a little oh, effort into him. He does, but it's it's also because he takes like very simple concepts and he utilizes those simple concepts into something that's even – it's beautiful. It's shot beautifully, you know, and then he always has a really good end to his films. That's one thing that Dustin really – I'm a really sucker specific. for both of those things, simple concepts yeah. and good ends. 
but that's the thing. Like he executes it. And at first to like, you know, the, you know, to a normal person and be like, oh, this is just like a torture porn. Yes. I use the word torture porn because that's what they would use. You know, it just kind of seems like that's what's going on. And then the end happens and it's just like, holy fucking awesome. I want to see, I want to see a part two to this. Um, very cool, very cool stuff. Like, I don't really want to say a whole lot more about it and ruin anything, but you can definitely pick this one for super cheap. The only, my biggest complaint with this movie though is simply that it's too short. This one runs about 60 minutes. I would love to have seen another 10, 15 minutes at least on this, but I do understand and where he ended it is perfect. It really does work. It's fantastic, actually. Uh, really great ending and all the performances are awesome too. I think the, the lead, uh, Rose, I'm not exactly 100% sure what name, what her name is, but, uh, maybe Allison Agan or something like that. Um, that's not Rose, that's the other girl, but all the faces that are in this film are very familiar to all of Dustin Mills films. You'll recognize them, but all I gotta say, check this movie out. It's fucking fantastic. I really, really highly enjoyed this movie. Um, I would give it simply a eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it, awesome. It's re- really enjoyable. I need to get my damn DVDs out of my damn storage because I do own Her Name Was Torment, ordered it from the website, and I've still not seen a film by him, and you talk about him all the damn time, and Mm -hmm. I need to see one. One thing Um, I didn't mention, actually, is the effects in the film. Really good effects. There's one thing that Dustin's really good at is is creating really good effects. Love it. Like uh, Dustin Mills, like if if you think somebody just gave him a million dollars, do you think he would make a hell of a film? You know what? It's it's funny that you mentioned that because I was uh, I was reading a post that Dustin had. I I can't remember what his original post was, but someone had mentioned that, like Dustin, you know, if whatever if someone gave you like all the money in the world to make a movie, and Dustin, you know what he replied? He goes, "I would fuck that up big time." He goes, "I work a lot better making budget films because this is what I know and." how to make and what I'd love to make and stuff. Right. I think I with a bigger make, budget, like, 20 low budget films. <laughs> well, I mean, you could do that, but I mean, if you have like a, you know, a $5,000 budget, I think was the biggest budget film he did, which was Easter casket. I think that's what it costs to make that movie. Um, but her name is torment. I think is going to be the biggest budget film, which yeah. actually did get funded. Right. That's awesome. If you, guys, if you guys were watching that campaign, yeah, it actually it. fully did get funded and it's on his way to making like the 9,000. So, um, and if they do reach that goal, they're going to make part three, which is so fantastic. The fans out there really digging the stuff when they actually yeah. funded this movie. It's phenomenal. But he even said that he goes, you know, you give me a huge budget, million dollars, and I'll fuck that movie up big time. <laughs> but who he knows? He might be in a little plain, like very modest. Yeah, and stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, your personal opinion, you think he would make a hell of a movie with a lot of money, though? Not maybe. Let, let's say like a hundred thousand. I honestly think that he could do an amazing film with that budget. Um, like I said, his ideas are just amazing for, he never has like a very simple idea for a film. Like he does, but he always manages to turn it into something that you would never expect it and yeah. where to go. You know, it's just, it's amazing how he does these things. So see, I think that, with a that's big budget, what I look could, for in my indie stuff though. You know, I want to yeah. see some potential in there. Like I want to see like oh. this guy, the only reason that this film is flawed is because of, of money, not because of talent. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one thing that he definitely focuses on. He he comes up with these ideas, he writes a script, and he goes from there. And then he has to develop that film from what, the cash that he has and stuff. But the ideas are just endless, and they're really creative. It's the coolest thing about Dustin. Cool, cool. Jeremy, back to you. All right. So um, let's go with this one. So 
I watched ABCs of Death 2. Now, last year, of course... That tone does not sound good. Yeah. Last year, of course, you had ABCs of Death on Shut your up, top JP. 10 horror films Do I fuck up your reviews, but damn it? I had American Mary on there, too, Maniac. and that wouldn't be on there this you year. did not either. have Maniac. Just my saying. List, my list would change. My list would change. Mine would, too, actually. American Mary and ABCs of Death would not be on there, but... Um, so, thing with ABC does death too. Now, I've been hearing a lot of people, even David K said it was better, and you know David K, he's picky, is better than the first one. Now, from the letters A through S, I was bored out of my fucking mind. There was so many, there was like maybe one or two good ones, but all the rest of the letters were just so one bad. One or two good ones, that sounds awful. One or two awful. from A to S. From S to the end? Uh, every single one besides one was good. Uh. So they saved like all the good ones towards the end. And well, they letters... didn't really save them because they're kind of stuck in that position, right? Yeah, yeah. But letter C, definitely the best short in the entire film. Um, I would love to see that fletched out into a full-length feature. What did it start it... for, stand for? Uh, uh, I forgot. I watched it like two weeks ago. But... Um, <laughs> So like about like this woman who gets pregnant, but she can't give birth to the baby. So the baby like grows inside of her, and she's carrying around like a thirteen-year-old baby inside of her. That actually does sound it's pretty awesome. It's fucking awesome. It's so good. <laughs> See, it's I definitely like concepts like that. It's, it's definitely the best. It's the best short between ABCs of Death One and Two. It's the best one between the two films. But um, like I said, letter A through S, there's maybe one or two good shorts, but the rest are just really really hard to get through um i was really really tempted to turn it off like halfway through but i usually i never Uh turn off films i just watch them but yeah me um, too but once it gets to s and it gets to the soska sisters short um up to s was bad then it started with t t was the soska sisters short which was t for torture porn which was interesting but from t onwards the end of the alphabet like i said really really solid stuff um i wish that they would have been, you know, gotten other letters, so it would have been, you wouldn't have a chunk of really bad ones and a chunk of really good ones towards the ending, but um, uh, I didn't like this one as much as the first one, to be completely honest, even though it had the best shorts between the two towards the end of the film, um, the beginning of the film just just really ruined it for me, and I really, um, I would not recommend to check it out. I really hope they don't do a third one, because this is going to get stale and boring, and um, you're probably going to have even more worse ones next time around. Um, you didn't have like that many well-known directors like you did in the first one, so that was kind of a little bit of a issue. Like I said, the most famous two, were, I mean, the most you know famous director, and it was the Soska sisters, and you know, you know them. So yeah. Um, well, uh, see, see, my thing with the ABCs of Death thing is I don't think the concept can get stale because. It is just short films. You just have to get good short films. Like it's yeah, well, not the concept that's that's failing it. It's the the I don't want directors. To see those. No, I think I think it's the whole idea of watching 26. ABC's of Death Part Nine. Yeah. and having to watch twenty six more shorts. I think it's the whole concept of but watching if, shorts over and over again. It's just like fuck. It's getting old. Yeah, but that's if you don't like shorts. You know what I mean. But if you like no, no, shorts. No. <clears throat> Um, I've seen some amazing shorts, and if I have too, it was filled but... with amazing shorts, then it would be awesome, right? It's it's the shorts that are letting us down. But you're not going to have an amazing a f- why be of amazing because everyone has different views of what's good and what's not. 
Well, obviously, but I'm saying like, what? Why, why can't there be good good shorts though? Like, I mean, it, obviously, it's all subjective, but. I mean, generally speaking, you would probably consider that most people would consider them bad, right? I'm just saying, like, why can't there be a, a bunch of good ones? It's just that they're either not giving them enough money or they're not giving getting the right people. I don't think it's the concept that's failing. I mean, obviously, it might be a little boring to sit through that many things in the row. But if you like shorts, it might not be. You, there's still – if you had good shorts, I think I think that's the main problem here from what I'm getting at is that it seems like there was bad shorts. Hmm. I guess that's gonna happen, right? I mean, like I think in ABCs of Death, the first one I think I liked. Uh, it was like sixteen 12. or something. No, I liked twelve of yeah. the twenty-six. There was fourteen that I didn't really care for. So yeah, I liked about like ten in this one. Not even. Yeah, and I had the same problem with ABCs of Death. I thought it was actually pretty, pretty not good. Actually, I thought that there was some good ones, but overall, but was- as a whole, it wasn't very good. Yeah. Well, and I think that's how you're going to get with these, though, too, because, uh, you know, you know, like I even recommended the first one loosely because of the end ones I thought were so solid that it actually brought it up to like a recommendation yeah, level, did. you know, but some of the ones that were bad were like terrible, yeah, it's like, you know, so it's such a balance. Yeah. It's such an uneven balance. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah, I can I mean, I can see how this would get old to people because. You know, when you have really, really bad ones outbalancing, like, you know, the good ones. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But um, I do not recommend it. Uh, four out of ten. Ooh, Shit. Four out of ten. I believe I, I gave I, that original one like a six. I, I know I came in lower than you. I think mine was like five and a half or something. Oh, yeah, because I just loosely because of I like less. So four out of ten. Wow. Crazy. The next film I watched was Grace from the year 2004. 14, I believe. Uh, this is not a sequel, uh, to Grace, the, um, film that, about the killer baby, the zombie baby, or it actually has a subtitle called Grace the Possession, which is also not a sequel to the possession. It's a standalone film. And I mentioned this one last week. This one follows a girl who is off in college. Her mother is very religious. Uh, it's actually a grandmother played by Lynn Shea, which I thought was awesome. I like Lynn Shea. And, um, her mother was originally, uh, a teen mom and died after birth. Uh, as this girl is at college, her roommate is like an alcoholic slutty girl. She got a crush on this guy that she's there with. And, um, all of a sudden she starts doing things that are uncharacteristic of her. Um, and essentially she gets sent back home, uh, because her mother, it's like, you know, her grandmother is super religious and like pulls her out of school. Um, turns out she's being possessed. Now, what's weird about this film is it's shot very, uh, it's actually shot just like Maniac, the remake. So it's point of view the whole time. Um, but it's not like found footage point of view. It's like just we're in looking through the eyes of the character the whole film. Um, I see a trend starting. Exactly. And that's what I thought. I was like, oh, 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 are they doing this now? This is the new thing. <laughs> I was like, it was done creatively. Now it's got to be ripped off. It makes sense, right? So, um, yeah. It, but you know what? It doesn't add anything to the film. It doesn't it, – like that's the problem. It's like I don't know why they chose to do this. I guess it was slightly interesting to see it, a possession film from like the point of view of the person being possessed. But they didn't really effectively use that idea. They just made it your their point of view. But you didn't really – um, like feel the possession like growing, you know, like the devil growing inside the girl. Um, 
Joel David Moore is also in this film. I really like that guy. Um, he d- did uh, Spiral um, and Hatchet, the first Hatchet. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall, I mean, god damn it, it's a possession film, right? It doesn't really add much to the genre. But I thought there was some okay moments, and Lin Shea gave a good performance, Joel David Moore also. Um it's very typical. The only thing that kind of set this one apart was that point of view style. And I think that it worked at times, but overall it just felt like it was unnecessary. Um, or if it was necessary, it wasn't executed to really, uh, benefit from that style. Uh, so overall, uh, I thought it was above average. Actually, surprisingly, I give it a six out of 10. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I think I would check that out. Yeah, so. it, it's intriguing just to see like somebody else do that style. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did Did you say anything about the music? Was there like synth music, like Maniac, in there too? No, because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a total fucking rip off. <laughs> That'd be fucking ridiculous. All right, so uh, next film that I uh, want to discuss here. Well, not discuss, talk about, review, whatever. Um, it's from 2014. It's from a Canadian company called Black Fawn Distributions, uh, turning into one of my favorite companies. Uh, probably one of the only independent releasing companies out of Canada, really. Um, but it's a film called Silent Retreat. Uh, this one, it's kind of interesting. Um, it follows a girl named Janie. Uh, she is a uh, um, she's young. She's like late teens or whatever. She's just been charged or with an assault or whatever. Anyways, instead of going to jail or to avoid jail time, they send her off to this secluded re- rehabilitation um, area or a fucking facility way out in the woods. Of course, it's basically way out from civilization and stuff like that. So anyways, upon arrival, she uh, soon learns that, uh, you know, it's kind of a different rehabilitation center where, you actually can't talk, hence the title, Silent Retreat. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed any eye contact with anybody. Uh, you're basically just a fucking piece of meat out there. You can't do anything. And this is supposed to rehabilitate them into not beating up people, I guess, or something. I don't know. Um, but anyways, the girl starts – or she starts kind of poking around and stuff. She's like, something feels odd about this place. The doctor is a complete fucking dick face asshole. Um, he treats everyone like shit and basically the place is kind of run by this doctor and his kids and stuff. His kids are kind of like the goons. They keep all the girls in order and shit like that. Um, but of course she starts poking around because she just doesn't believe in no eye contact or, you know, talking to the girls and whatnot. And she starts, like I said, doing her poking around and stuff. And then she comes across some information that, uh, you know, some of the girls may have, they might be being, fucking brainwash basically is what it comes down to and there's also an alternative motive for the doctor and what he why he's doing this to these girls and stuff like that now they have to get the fuck out of there of course um because something may be lurking in the woods um yeah (laughs) kind of long-winded right uh this one was interesting it's got a pretty cool premise i thought it was an interesting premise for a film to have it like you know, silence, you know, where the girls can't talk. So there's not like a lot of dialogue and <clears throat> there's a lot of awkward moments where people aren't looking at each other. And it's the film, to, it's filmed actually quite well, really well done. <clears throat> but um, I think in the execution in the third act is a little, uh, you know, it, it does kind of get crazy and stuff like that. But overall it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It's not like an A-class film or anything, but I did like the premise. I thought the, I thought the lead, um, I'm not sure exactly what her name is. I thought she did a pretty good job. 
and some of the other girls were okay in it and stuff, but they were just kind of like there. They weren't, their characters weren't like fully introduced and stuff, except for this one girl. Um, but, uh, it's got a pretty cool atmosphere. Like I, like I said, it's secluded. It's very secluded. And, uh, the nighttime shots are pretty well done with this fucking thing out in the woods and stuff was pretty interesting. It's kind of an oddball finish to the film. I will, I will say, uh, but I do recommend it. I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it like a seven out of 10. So seven out of 10. Awesome. So, uh, that, that's that company up in Canada. Yeah. Black do they Bond ship distribution. to the U S cheaply. They, th- um, I'm not sure about cheaply. I know. <laughs> oddly, hell no. Oddly, the answer is hell no. Nobody cheap ships, ships cheaply well, I, across I the can't even, border. Yeah, I know. I know. I can't even say anything. Like, I mean, it, I just don't know because I can't even compare it to what I'm paying for shipping because when you order from Black Fawn, it's free shipping in Canada. It's uh, very odd. Like, you never fucking order from someone that's, like, free shipping. It's so weird. But yeah. um, I act, just got this one in. This one came out in September like middle of September, or whatever. So now I have all the films that they've released so far and it, they're doing a pretty good job. I'm really going to keep supporting this company. So awesome. Rapid cuts, Rapid cuts. <laughs> quick cuts. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, I got to pick up my board. All right. We're going to do all these or what's going on. Just fire them off. All right. Phantom's carriage, classic masterpiece. One of the greatest films ever made. Uh, probably the greatest film ever made. 10 out of 10. The man they could not hang, Boris Karloff, early 40s, uh, low-budget, fun film, uh, 6 out of 10. Uh, Cat People, um, not for me. I know a lot of people really, really enjoy the film. Um, this is the original, of course. Uh, everyone talks about them. You know, it's a classic and other thing like that. I can see where they're coming from, but it's not for me, really. Um, 5 out of 10. Curse of the Werewolf, um, classic Hammer film with uh, freaking Oliver Reed. Um, it's okay. Um, it's not my favorite Hammer film, but um, I give it a pass. Six out of ten. Nosferatu, the Vampire, starring Klaus Kinski, a masterpiece. Um, cinematography is brilliant. The setting is brilliant. Everything about this film is just fucking fantastic. Um, I really want to pick up that Scream Factory Blu-ray because um, this is the first time I saw it, and I absolutely love the film. I think it's it's fucking awesome. Um, nine and a half out of ten. Uh, Dead Snow 2, um, a really, really fun sequel. I had a lot of fun with this. It's over-the-top, gory, bloody, but it's amazing. It takes place right after, right where Dead Snow 1 took off, so it's like Halloween to Halloween 2. So that's pretty enjoyable. I didn't even think about that when we were talking about the Halloween series. The Dead Snow series is like that, but it's over the top craziness. Um, eight point five like out first of one. Yeah, eight point five out of ten. Uh, Nightmare from nineteen eighty one. Um, really interesting slasher type, Mulder type of a film. Um, really fun. Um, seven and a half out of ten. Great gore effects. Yeah. Um, Shackma. This is like a little unknown film that, from what I've heard on the podcast, uh, this is the first time I saw it. Also, but um, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to ruin it, but. Um, seven and a half out of ten. Um, don't look into the basement released by Gorgon Video. Um, this is okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite film to be completely honest, but um, uh, check it out if you if you're interested in Gorgon and things like that. They're a pretty great company. Uh, six out of ten. Just before dawn. Um, really fun film. I know I picked this up on Blu-ray for Moods from Code Red, so. Um, 
really fun. Uh, seven and a half out of ten. Um, audition. Now, this movie is extremely overrated, in my opinion. Um, Whoa. I, I really, yeah, I really don't see what the hype about the film is. I'm not saying it's a bad film, but um, I really don't see why everyone loves it as much as they do. Um, maybe it's not for me, or I just don't get it. But um, seven out of ten. <coughs> Next, I got Martyrs. Uh, I actually watched this a few times because I was doing a paper on it. Um, another film that I think is overrated. It's not a bad film by all means. It's actually really, really fucking good. Um, it's saying a lot about a whole bunch of things like that. But um, everyone knows about Martyrs. I'm not going to talk about it. But I find this film interesting that it's really broken up into like three separate, like um, three separate acts. Um, the beginning up until the main character leaves the orphanage from the murder until you know uh until the suicide attempt and then from the suicide up until the ending so i I found it really interesting this film's broken up into like three separate parts a whole bunch of things that you could do with this one uh eight out of ten uh i spit on your grave like we were talking about earlier i watched this one in one of my classes uh three people walked out it's fucking awesome uh we had a conversation on on thursday <laughs> people were appalled they were pissed off that uh, that the professor showed it are but you it's fucking serious oh jesus christ God, like so i bad. agree that it's a it, it's like there's moments where it's a little rough and stuff but dude yeah. my fucking grandma could watch i spit on your grave fucking pussies <laughs> I, okay, JP. People aren't hardcore like we are. <laughs> I guess know? so. I guess so. Sorry, sorry. But um, you know, I, I think they just wanted to complain, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fantastic film, though. I, I I really do. I really do enjoy it and appreciate what the film did for the genre. And it started this whole new, you know, rape, revenge, oversaturation bullshit. Eight out of ten. Next, I watched. Uh, also in my women in horror class, American Mary, another film that we talked about last year on the um, on the top ten show that made my list. That would probably not make my list again if we did it this year. Um, after rewatching it, I found out that some of the dialogue is really, 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 really bad. Um, some of the acting is pretty shitty as well. Um, it just didn't do it for me like it did the first time. Um, I realized the ending again was pretty pretty shitty. I didn't absolutely not. No way, bud. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I I mean I my opinion definitely differs. I love the ending to American Mary. I think I it ends Moots perfect. It too. ends perfect. Um, I didn't see any problems with the acting. Like like you said, you rewatched it and noticed them. So I haven't rewatched yeah. it since I seen it yeah, uh, yeah, last like, year when it made it my like, list. But I loved that movie. Yeah, the one scene that popped into my mind that like noticed the bad dialogue scene is. When Mary and uh, whatever the club owner sitting at the end of the film and they're talking about going to L.A. and this is a really, really, really bad dialogue and really shitty acting on the part of Catherine Isabel. But um, you know, there's there's some really flat, uh, un, uh, you know, un uh, energetic dialogue in that film. Um, maybe my opinion will change again as I rewatch it a third time. But six out of ten. Um, Next, we have another Soska Sisters film. I watched Seen No You gave Evil. it a 6 out of 10, American Mary. Yeah. Do you want to know what you rated it last time? Mm-hmm. 7.5. Do you know for sure? Is that what you rated it? I think it's 7.5. Um, you rated American Mary last time 7.5. I gave it an 8.5, and, and Moods gave it an 8. So your new rating is a what? 6 out of 10. Whoa. It's a significant drop. Yeah, point and a half. Um, next, another Soska Sisters film. 
I watched See No Evil 2. I talked about this one um, two weeks ago, I think, a little bit when I said I watched it. Um, once again, it's average. Um, it's good to see this franchise, you know, given another sequel uh, seven years after the first one was made. But, um, you know, it's okay. It's not bad. It's definitely not as shitty as um, ABC's The Death 2, that's for sure. Uh, just on average, 5 out of 10. Uh, next, we got VHS Viral. Uh, I watched this one also. Um, two of the shorts were really, really bad. Really, really, really bad. Um, but three of the other, three of the shorts, or I think it was two or three. I don't remember. I watched this when it first came out. Also, were pretty good. There were some all right ones. The wraparound story, eh, pretty shitty. Not very good. But that's usually typical with the VHS series. Um, another average one, five out of ten. Oh man, that sucks. Um, I don't know. Maybe your opinion will change. Hopefully, I've never um, seen it, but yeah, oh, man, uh, I was really looking forward to that. Saw Saw again last night in theaters for the tenth anniversary. Film's still fucking awesome. I love seeing it again in theaters. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Um, also watch Rosemary's Baby in my woman in horror class. Awesome film. Um, really enjoyable. I really. It's just a fun film. Um, some of the dialogue is really funny. Um, so eight and a half out of ten. Uh, also watch The Exorcist. Another extremely overrated film, in my opinion. Um, like I said, I appreciate what it did for the horror genre, but uh, I watched the version you've never seen in class, and um, I uh, some the, the spider crawling scene is this garbage. I wish really that wasn't in the theatrical in the theatrical cut, but it was in the um, you know the version you've never seen because they were able to digitally remove the the uh, wires that were holding Linda Blair's limbs like that. So. But I thought it just—it's just you have this serious, you have this serious shit, and then in the middle of that, you you have this over-the-top fucking girl walking down the stairs <laughs> in a freaking st- stupid spider thing. I've and never the seen the version you've never seen. And the first fifteen minutes of Father, whatever the hell his name in Iraq, is fucking stupid and has nothing to do with the rest of the. I mean, of course, it has something a little bit to do with the rest of the film. But you start out the film like that, and you just shift tones like that. Um, I I do not like The Exorcist. I just whoa. I do not like the film. Um, I don't know. Maybe wow. it's because it's wow. Been, oh, wow. Maybe it's, crazy. it's because wow. it's been cemented into my brain so many times I watching it. It is rating six and a half out of ten. Mm. I, yeah. I I don't. I'm not. I'm agree when I say I think it's overrated. It's not my favorite film. I don't like possession films, but it's the fucking Exorcist, dude. It's pretty hardcore, man. It's it's pretty well it made. Is. I I agree with that, and I I think. The white magic stuff that happens in the beginning of the film with the doctors is more disturbing than the shit that they do to Reagan at the end when she's possessed. It just was one scene when they put a fucking needle through her neck and the blood's like squirting out everywhere. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. This is like way before she's possessed. It's like, I would not want to be around back then when when the medicine was like this. Because it's like, they weren't wearing gloves. I know this is way before the AIDS scare, but it's like, they weren't wearing gloves. They're like, oh! You know, blood squirting out of her neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, six and a half out of ten. And finally, I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show last night. Of course, Halloween. Gotta go see Rocky Horror Picture Show. Film's fucking amazing. Only way you could really see that film is if you see it with an audience and you throw shit and you throw rice and you do a whole bunch of fucking fun shit. Nine out of ten. And then I have my pick of the week that I'll do. All right. JP's rapid fire. Whoa. That's a lot of content right there, guys. 
So I feel I'll, like nudes. I have a little less than that, but you know, definitely some interesting things I learned about you. One, you think The Exorcist is like in the six something range. Uh, two, you didn't like American Mary the second time you watch it, and three, you crushed my dreams on VHS viral. <laughs> God damn it! Um, so next, <laughs> all right, good I'll, times, good times. I, I'll get going here. I, I watched Contagion from 2011. I thought this one was very relevant to like the whole like Ebola shit going on, and I was like, it kind of made me think because I've never really been um, <clears throat> overly cautious about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, about you know like germs and stuff but this one actually got under my skin a little bit and i was like whoa uh it's more about the talking and the just uh the process of you know controlling an outbreak stuff like that there's not so much action in this one or you know uh, dramatic moments is i think it's pg-13 but i love the uh just the process because that's what it's about in this one it's about the fear of oh my god what would happen if this was shit un- uncontrollable um overall i i liked contagion uh i give it a seven out of ten uh next up ghoulies four finished off the ghoulies quadrilogy it's from 1994 uh this one was pretty bad but i actually enjoyed certain things about it i felt like uh if it fit the time really well that 1990s just uh made for video uh dumped in the you know video stores with the boobs or the like the girl in like the you know leather dress or something you know it's just crap but um it has a little bit of charm to it overall uh i don't know man four and a half out of five i'm probably get or four and a half out of ten i'm probably going a little high on that one but i i found it somewhat entertaining uh, next up, Kingdom of the Spiders from the year 1977. I really enjoyed this one. I feel like some of the best killer animal movies came out from the 70s. Uh, all practical spiders. Damn, there was a lot of spiders in this film. I'm sure they had to kill a lot of them um, in real life. Um, so, yeah, uh, William Shatner, uh, you know, I found that the, it was actually kind of uh, effective in, in the scares. Like, I, like I'm not really afraid of spiders but i thought they were used really well um overall a town being invaded by spiders was pretty good in this one so seven out of ten on that uh next up is orca from the year 1977 this is also another killer animal film this time it's a whale this is coming off of jaws and it's kind of one of those jaws ripoffs it's probably one of the better ones um but at the same time there's just something nice looking about killer whales um, I don't know if it's free willy ingrained in my head or what, but like I just don't find them that threatening. And uh, it felt like as in Jaws there was a reason to go after the um, you know, shark and, and things like that. It felt like there was a reason they was in the water. Uh, uh, Orca, it just feels a little forced and I kind of wasn't buying it. But overall still pretty enjoyable. I give it a 6.5 out of 10. After that, we have Thanksgiving from the year 2009. I think this film oh, has shit, a lot of heart and charm, and I I liked it. I, it's it's funny. I found that there was actually funny moments. The acting is shit, uh, and uh, the killer turkey is a character. They created yeah, a character fun. out of the killer turkey, and he's that's funny. something that I didn't see. That's just a little bit more of what you want when you're dealing with films like this. And, and you know, that's what, why I compared it to Mutantis because they created a character with the Turkey because they took something, uh, and, and created something out of it. They molded something in this film and, um, whether it be dialogue or, or, or a killer Turkey or whatever, but I felt like it had substance and that's why I give thanks killing a five and a half out of 10. I do consider it above average. 
After that, we have Video Drum from the year 1983. I wasn't quite sure what was happening in this one. I feel like I need to watch <laughs> this film again. Uh, Body Horror, Cronenberg. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I felt like I wasn't picking up what he was putting down at some points, though, and I felt like it was my fault, which is not normal. You know, sometimes I feel like it's uh, the director just didn't convey everything correctly, but to me, I felt like it was my fault that I wasn't quite understanding. It's because Cronenberg doesn't spoon feed things, man. He he beats around with it and stuff. That's what makes him so good, though. Like, he doesn't. Yeah, but we can agree that sometimes uh, people don't spoon feed, but also it's because they are actually. Uh, using bad techniques, filmmaking. This is not one of those cases, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is not spoon fed. Um, you have to. It's just. I feel like that. That's exactly what I said. I felt like it was my fault that I wasn't picking up everything. And I feel like this is a film that you very much have to watch a couple times to really kind of get all the like symbolism and subtext and all that type of stuff that's going on in this film because it's definitely there. You can see it. Um, but overall, like the effects were really cool and the concept was just so ahead of its time. I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, but I just took points away because I, I really was kind of confused also, but it could be my fault. Um, rating seven and a half out of 10 on that one. Did you want to say anything else about that one? No, it, it's fucking amazing. I love that film. You might need to watch it a couple more times. Yeah. I, I was getting that vibe when I was watching it. I checked out war from the year 2013. I thought this one was really interesting because it had a kind of original concept and it, it's because it, it's not your standard werewolf. It's not your typical kind of werewolf. Uh, it's more humanistic looking and, uh, he gets a little more werewolf looking, but he just kind of has like a werewolf undertone to his, his body, uh, from the very beginning. And this is more like it's a disease. And basically this guy's being tried for murder. Um, and he's trying to, and there's these group of people who are trying to, uh, prove that it wasn't him. Um, and I thought that it really worked out very well. Um, definitely give War a 7 out of 10. Uh, after that, The Blob, the 1958 one, uh, very, very much a classic. Uh, very fun movie. And I felt like this one just had this um, weird like camaraderie to it uh, with the, the uh, um, characters. And I, I don't know, it just kind of had something different that you don't really see in in uh films like they're like the, the people that you think are like the bullies turn out to be actually like pretty good people and stuff i don't know i i really like the the original blob the remake's better but i give it an eight out of ten um and finally the last one that i watched i watched yesterday and this is jack o'lantern from the year 2004 this film is god awful this is this is one of the worst films i've ever seen um there's just nothing to it it is so amateur in editing in the camera work um, it's one of those films that you have to remind yourself to watch every two to five minutes because you keep drifting out of the film. And I felt like that I would just drift away. Oh, wait, I got to pay attention. Drift away. Oh, wait, I got to pay attention. And I did that through the entire running time of the film because it just doesn't offer anything. It's so damn basic and just awful. This is indie done like at the worst level. Um, so, yeah, I give this film a one out of ten. It's awful. Don't watch it. Holy fuck. One out of ten. Jesus. That's fucking... That's lower than Entity, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Holy fuck, that's nuts. Alrighty, so... Yeah. Um, Warlock Moon from 1973. Uh, Unfortunately, this movie basically came out at the same time as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it got overlooked big time. Kind of the same premise. 
uh, guy and girl take a trip up to the country. They come across this old abandoned spa. They le- they soon learn, find out that there's like an old couple living in the house, and that's all I'll say about <clears throat> that's all I'll say about that movie right there, or the plot <laughs> and stuff. Um, it's basically kind of your same thing, but there's a lot of things going on in this film that uh, it kind of makes some twists and turns and stuff that kind of adds to it. Pretty well done actually for super low budget type film. Uh, I give it about a six and a half out of ten. It's released by Shriek Show. Um, not bad though. I gotta say it was actually pretty enjoyable. Uh, next film, Drive Through from 2007. Uh, basically a horror oh, type comedy. I like this film. It yeah, horror funny. comedy. Uh, this one, I, it might take about 25 minutes to the, the yeah. you know, to do the plot completely. So basically it's about like this, uh, it's basically like a fast food restaurant yeah. mascot. He's like a clown. He's basically going around killing people, but there is a reason for it and it's stuff. It's like an there's evil Jack in the box character. Yeah, it's like an yeah. evil Jack in the box. It's a pretty interesting premise actually. And there's a lot of things that are actually kind of going on, like kind of supernatural weird things and stuff. And it was different. It was really different. Really fucking enjoyable. Good kills, good dialogue, some pretty good funny dialogue and stuff. Um, I give it about a seven out of 10. Uh, next up from 2012, released by Artsploitation Films, <clears throat> a film called Wither. It's from uh, Sweden. Uh, this is basically the Swedish version of The Evil Dead. It's got the exact same plot. People go up to this uh, abandoned uh, this cabin out in the woods. They they become possessed, and people start getting fucking killed. <clears throat> so not really original, but very enjoyable. I've heard fucking- good things about that one. It is, man. It's, it, it, I mean, if you're, if you know what you're getting yourself into and you know the plot and stuff is not original, um, it's very enjoyable. I knew what I was getting myself into with this one. It's about the gore effects and just the possession and stuff. It's really good though. It's not bad. It's it, I, like, I really have mad respect for those effects that they did in the film. Um, I give it about a seven and a half out of 10. Very enjoyable watch. Um, next up, I watched, uh, The Mummy from 1932, the Boris Karloff. What can I say? The Mummy's fucking amazing film. It's just, I love Boris Karloff's performance in this film. It's just fantastic. Shot well, and it looks great, too. Uh, but they've cleaned this film up, like, masterfully. Um, I give it about an 8.5 out of 10. Okay, next up here, uh, Disaster LA. This is from uh, 2014. I've interesting things about this one. I've seen this one yeah. all over the dump bins. Yeah? Yeah, it's really fucking cheap. I, I didn't even really know anything about it. Came across it for, like, super cheap on Blu-ray, so I grabbed it. Thought I'd give it a shot. Expecting a very generic zombie film. Basically, the premises of, of the film is that a meteor hits uh, Los Angeles. Uh, the vapors from the meteor start infecting people, killing them off, and they come back to life as zombies and stuff. Um, now, the first half of the film starts out really good. I think it kind of tanks off in the second half. It doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, they're obviously trying to escape L.A., get the fuck out of there and stuff. But there's some of the decisions and some of the things that happen in the film just didn't really work for me. I will give them a lot of credit for it being such a low budget film. The zombies look fantastic in it. That was one really cool thing. The zombies looked awesome. Some of the gore and stuff was pretty good. Um, but you know, just a little over average as an overall product. I give it about a six out of 10. Uh, next up from, uh, 2007, I watched the remake of, uh, funny games. Um, everybody knows the storyline, home evasion film. Uh, but, uh, you know, I remember watching this film when it first came out, and I really wasn't a big, big fan of it. But upon rewatching, this is actually only the second time I've ever seen it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I think the guys that play the uh, the bad guys in this film, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Um, I think they both do a fantastic job in this. They really do pull it off well. Tim Roth is good. Um, Naomi Watts is good in it too. She's sexy as fuck. Um, but I think the overall product of the film is actually it works, and that part with the sun fucking still got me man i was like wow brutal 
seven and a half out of ten. Uh, next up from 1982, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Uh, this was released by Code Red. Um, <laughs> this is a really interesting film about a boy that's raised by his auntie because his parents were killed when he was about two or three years old in a car crash. So he's raised by his overbearing and overprotective auntie. Um, now he's about a senior in high school and he wants to move away to go to college and stuff. And she's really not wanting any part of that because she's got this really odd attachment to him, kind of like in an, an ancestral way. Um, and he doesn't really see it, but like you, you can tell right away that she's just doesn't want him to leave for other reasons and stuff. And, um, she essentially kills this, uh, this dude that she claims that's, uh, that trying to rape her in the film and stuff. And there's this whole investigation with this homophobic cop. And it's a really fucking good movie, man. Really interesting stuff. Highly recommend Butcher Baker and I'm your maker. It was right from the top, right to the end. It was just highly entertaining. You just don't really know where it's kind of going and stuff. But I will um, say that when I, I got that in the mail to send to you, I was like, man, this looks so intriguing by the cover. And I really wanted to pop it over, open and check it out. Um, man, they're just so expensive though, right? I know. I, I even told you to, I was like, open that fucker up and watch it, man. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good film, man. I really highly recommend it. I give it nine out of 10. Really good. Wow. Good performance. The I might actually have to film, buy it. The, uh, the auntie in this film, her performance is fucking amazing. It's such a good performance. She's so believable as this crazy fucking, oh God, it's really good. Um, from 1987, I watched The Curse. Uh, starring Will Wheaton, um, basically about this fucking odd thing that kind of hits the earth or hits in their, uh, they live on a farm. It basically taints. It's kind of like, I don't even know what it is. It's basically kind of like a meteor thing. Um, leaks out all this shit into their, all their food and stuff. And then people start getting all fucked up and dying off and shit like that. It's, it's a pretty interesting film, pretty cheesy at times. <laughs> I love the part when the dude bites into this apple. And it's just like filled with worms and <laughs> fucking gag me like six times. Ugh, so gross. Six times. Um, that's quite per, uh, quite. Oh, I hate the thought number. of. I hate <laughs> the thought of biting into an apple and just finding worms and the grossness inside. <laughs> that just fucking gags me. Um, really enjoyable film though. Really cool stuff. Uh, seven Michael, out of ten. You're eating maggots. <laughs> <laughs> that scene yeah. always used to creep the fuck out of me when I was a kid, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up from uh, 2006, I watched a film called The Tooth Fairy. Um, it's essentially, yeah, it's essentially the Tooth Fairy story. Um, oh, this, this is not the Rock one. This is actually the rock <laughs> Jesus Christ. Movie. This is not the Rock one. No, <laughs> uh, no, it's basically about the Tooth Fairy. There's a whole backstory of the Tooth Fairy. Blah blah blah. Essentially, um, feels very much like a shitty TV film. Um, Isn't yeah. this the same film as Darkness Falls? Like, aren't they the same damn thing? I think the stories are kind of different in these a little bit. Not much, though. I mean, the whole mythology behind the tooth for the, the evil or the tooth fairy being evil and stuff, I think, is portrayed in both films. Uh, but this one's just executed kind of poorly, really, really poorly. Poor performances and stuff and just things are happening. And I'm just like, Ugh, I don't care. I don't care. Um, I don't recommend it. Four to ten. Uh, check it out at your own risk. I, I picked it up because it was an original Anchor Bay release, so I grabbed it. So, um, Next up, night from 1971, a film called Fright. Uh, this one is starring Susan George, the beautiful Susan George. Uh, she is basically at this house babysitting this uh, couple's kids. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, the fucking, the real father of this child shows up at this house and starts 
kind of trying to get in there and he's acting all crazy and shit. He's from this like mental institution and stuff. Um, very enjoyable type film, man. I really enjoyed Susan. Susan, uh, George's performance is excellent. Uh, seven out of 10. That's another original Anchor Bay release that actually David K sent me. Uh, really, really fucking hard DVD to find. Thank you once again. Um, oh my God. From, uh, 2007, I watched a film called Study Hell. Uh, this is essentially the horror version of The Breakfast Club. Um, it is absolutely fucking horrible. The, the film starts out with basically... What's it called? These- Breakfast Hell? Study hell. Oh, study hell. So basically it starts out where it's showing a bunch of kids getting into trouble and then get sent off to detention after school and stuff like that. Then the film starts. Holy shit, that cover looks terrible. About this teacher that, you know, he's he's having some issues in his life and stuff like that. Anyways, the, the school forces him to do detention after school with these fucking bad children and stuff. But, oh my god, dude. So he shows up at class and... Some of the dialogue that's happening between these five characters that I might add are identical to the five that are in the Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They are identical. They even start saying some of the exact same lines, line word for word, out of the Breakfast Club. Like, I'm what like, are you a double dweebo? So is Shit it like that, homage man. or ripoff? It's just total fucking ripoff, man. I mean, obviously it was probably. I mean, people were obviously going to notice, so maybe it's like a homage rip. I don't know. It, but it's maybe fucking... it was intent to be a homage, but it comes just comes off as rip off. Maybe, maybe. But essentially, this teacher that's having some issues, he's got yeah, so kind of like some mental issues. They they fucking push him over the edge, and then he starts killing people one by one and shit. It's fucking horrible. I just really hated this movie. Right from about twenty minutes into it, I was just I couldn't stand it. I generally like these type of low budget films, but I just this one was fucking killing me. The dialogue, I mean, I it was so many things were just ripped off, and it was just bad. And two out of ten, horrible fucking wow. Movie. There, that the the tension you said. What it's called study hell. Oh, I thought you said detention. No, this is fucking horrible. It's bad. <laughs> um, I also watched Nightmare from 1981. Uh, Jeremy just talked about it. Um, basically, yeah, he gave the brief on that one. I'll just give my rating. It's uh, I give it about a seven and a half out of ten. It's a very enjoyable film. Really, really excellent fucking gore, man. Yeah, the gore is outstanding in it. Like really good. Um, next up uh, from 2014, I watched Sharknado two. <laughs> Oh my god. You know, seriously, Sharknado was a ridiculous film. This one's fucking even worse, but um, it was pretty fun. The thing that kills me about this movie is the opening scene in this film feels like it's one of those dream sequences. You know, like sometimes when films start out, like Rob Zombies 2, um, where it's like a, it's a whole dream sequence and you're like, and, and it feels like that, you know, and yeah. you, but you know it's going to come out of that and you're like, oh, okay, that was a dream. It's not a big deal. This one starts out where, uh, Ian Zion's character and Tara Reid, they're flying to <laughs> New York to do a book signing based on the events that happened in Sharknado 1. And of course, <laughs> fucking shit goes down and you got the Sharknado and all these sharks and shit are fucking hitting this plane. And uh. of course, Ian Zion's character has to fucking land the plane and save the day. And it feels like a complete dream. No, it really fucking happens. <laughs> it's fucking so brutal, man. I'm just like, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's like just, one ridiculous moment after another in this film, but it was still highly enjoyable. It's retarded. Um, five and a half out of ten. It's stupid, but it's fun. Um, from 1973, I watched uh, Brian De Palma's amazing, amazing film, Sisters. Um, 
Sisters is such a brilliant film. It's I won't amazing. go into the I won't go into the plot of it because I believe that Jeremy talked about it already. But it the whole premise of the film is and it's executed perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think everything about this film is just executed perfectly, uh, with the backstory with the, the sisters, male gaze. the male gaze. Yeah, I think it's a almost a perfect film. Nine and a half out of ten, I give it. Definitely check out Sisters if you yeah, never check it out. It's awesome. Um, watch from 2011. I believe you guys have seen this film also, and that's 247 degrees. Uh, yeah, I picked this one up recently. One year later, he finally checks it out. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but a, wait, when but did we group, start? Probably about this time. Yeah, a year ago. I think, I think it was yeah. November. So essentially, it's about a group of four people that get trapped in this uh, sauna. In this sauna, and they have to, <laughs> yeah, how they get they trapped is so get out. fucking stupid. Oh god, the explanation for it is so yeah. stupid. <laughs> so stupid. You know, it was kind of enjoyable at times, yeah. but I think some of the dialogue is kind of, eh, and it does drag a little bit at times. And I think some of the decisions are stupid too. Um, but I mean, also you have to disconnect yourself because I think if you were put in that situation, yeah, yeah. you know, you would probably act not like yourself either. But you know. It, it was still okay. It was worth the watch. Five and a half out of ten. Always bring water if you go into a sauna. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I felt like that one was just not executed, like, super great. I, I thought that the ideas were good, just that it, it just didn't – they didn't portray these characters how I would necessarily do it. I believe me and Jeremy both gave that film a six out of ten, though. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I didn't even look back where you guys gave it. So five and a half I give it. So um, – Next up from 1974 is Oliver Stone's first full-length film, and that's Seizure. Uh, really, really odd horror thriller type film. It's really fucking bizarre. About this dude that's had... What's that? He was just at my school. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Uh, so this one's about this dude that's having like these crazy-ass nightmares, and then all of a sudden, all the characters from his nightmares kind of like show up at his house, or do they? You know, <laughs> he doesn't really know what's going on, and it's like this. That sounds uh, interesting. This, it's really it's a really weird one it's like this executioner who's like you know kind of looks like an executioner and then there's this woman she's like the the embodiment of evil basically and then there's a small little dwarf uh character and he's this fucking total little shit in the film and uh i mean he's actually the guy from um the man with the golden gun james bond's film so if you've seen that film you know the little dwarf that's from that but Anyways, these three characters show up and they just basically start kind of terrorizing these people because he's got friends over at the time and that this is happening and whatnot. And you're not really sure if this is really happening, if it's in his mind and what the motives of these people showing up are, why they're there and stuff. So it, it really does keep you interested right to the end. Is he crazier than the dwarf and blood-sucking freaks? <laughs> no, he's not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. It's not that crazy, but there is some pretty interesting moments in this and some explanations and kind of mythology behind of, you know, what these may be representing and stuff. It's a really good film, really good first effort by, uh, by Oliver Stone. Uh, I give it about a seven and a half out of 10. Um, next up from 2014, I watched Wolf Creek two, um, basically more of the first it's, uh, what's his face. I can't even remember the character's name right now. Mick Garris. Mick Garris is going around killing off foreigners, basically. Um, he's Canadians. On Canadians, <laughs> yeah. In this case, he's uh, Germans and a British guy and yeah, stuff like that. So basically, it's more of that, him going around killing off foreigners, trying to protect his land. He doesn't want foreigners on the fucking land, so he's <laughs> taken out. It's got some pretty good fucking gore moments. You in can this stay man. off my lawn. 
<laughs> He's got there's some really good gore effects in this. I gotta say, it was really entertaining. Really odd scene with this this guy that he captures towards the end. He ends up playing like a trivia game with him and stuff. And every time he gets one wrong, he would fucking grind off his fingers. And oh fuck, man, this is oh, brutal. Wow. Highly, highly, highly enjoyable. Really enjoyed it. Seven and a half out of ten. It was a good time. Uh, next up, I watched uh, Proxy from 2014 IFC Midnight release. Uh, I believe JP, you talked about this one on here. I did. I, this is this is one movie that I just do not know how to approach for a review because I don't right. want to ruin. Remember, anything. I was having that problem too, though. Yeah, and I understand completely where you're coming from because you don't want to say anything. You want to tell people to just watch this movie. You know, you can give a basic premise to it. Uh, there's a girl that's about almost ready to pop. She's about two weeks due. At the beginning of the film, she gets jumped. Um, a horrific fucking scene happens that's still embedded embedded into my mind. I'll never Absolutely. fucking forget. It's so brutal. God, I was just devastated when I saw that. I was like, holy fuck, that did not just happen. Essentially, she loses her baby. Uh, she goes to a uh, support group where she meets this girl. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about this because you can't really go any further. I don't really know how. I, I think a good to- description of it is it's about uh, – creating life and losing life that that is a very good point very good point so there's a lot of twists and turns in this very interesting structure to the film with the main characters i would add into that yeah it's like two separate things though it's like it's like it is here's the story about uh losing life you know creating life like it's it's awesome oh it's a fantastic this movie actually blew me away i would i didn't really know i have seen midnight film Oh, God, it's one know. of the better ones. It's one of the. That, there's so well, many. There's so many IFC films. I don't know. Considering how to Maniac, dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this one, I just it held my it held my attention for the whole two hours. And I will say, I was quite surprised at the run. The run wow, time was it really it's that over, long? It's a, it's uh, two hours and two minutes, I believe. And it never lost my interest for one minute because it does feel like two different kind of films and. Oh my it's God. very it's artistic too. Very, it's done well. I thought the performances were good. I thought everything that was kind of going on and stuff, and like, oh, it was a great, great. Swanberg was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like um, that guy, dude. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm learning. I'm just learning this though. But there's a lot of people who actually don't like that. Like, there's kind of a strong hate for that guy and that whole like mumblecore group. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I've just like started noticing that. Hmm. Um, but like I said, like I was just so surprised at how well this film turned out for me. Uh, loved everything about it. Everything about the film. I give it nine and a half out of 10. Wow. I give it an eight, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I just loved it. It was a I, really it, good movie. It I just really was... affected me. It really affected me because I kept thinking about it after and I was like, holy fuck, man. Like that... this is really doing something for me. There's a few scenes in there that do stay with you. Oh, big time. Big time. Uh, next up, I watched another 2014 film called Blue Ruin. Uh, this one follows your main character. He's obviously homeless, um, living in a car, doing whatever and stuff. Um, he gets word that um, this dude is getting out of jail that actually is responsible for killing his parents. So, And I'm not even too sure how much time has gone past since this guy's been in jail and stuff like that. Anyways, he gets word that this guy's getting out of jail by a police officer, actually. And uh, so he basically drives to the the um, the state where 
this guy's getting out of jail. He gets some weapons and now he's out for revenge and stuff like that. Uh, this one is a pretty interesting study on him. You'd start learning things about him and his family and then the, uh, also the family of the people that were responsible for killing his father and, and all these kind of things. So there's a little bit of twists and turns in this one. This is an excellent film. Um, it's essentially a revenge film, um, with a guy, uh, but uh, shot beautifully, executed beautifully, and I, th- I really think the performances are awesome in this too. Everyone does a great job. Um, really awesome film. I give it about a seven and a half out of ten. Um, next from 2014, I watched Beneath, another IFC Midnight oh. film. This one was uh, released by Mongrel in Canada, of course. Uh, Beneath basically follows a group of people that get trapped underneath uh, about 600 feet down in a uh, coal mine. And now they have to figure out how to get the fuck out of there or before their oxygen runs out and stuff like that. Because I think it takes usually when this type of thing happens, they say about four to five days to dig people out. Yeah. So so basically they're down there. They have, you know, a compression unit and stuff like that. There's there's like a place that they can survive and stuff. But it's not really what you think this movie is. It's it's. Uh, certain things start happening to people down there and then people start getting killed off. It's kind of like an underground slasher type. I don't really want to ruin anything, but it's got a pretty interesting premise and there is a story to why these things are happening to these people down there and whatnot. Very interesting film. It was nothing what I expected. I thought it was going to be more of just a strictly um, survival survival type. Yeah, exactly. Survival type horror, but it's That's more what I thought it was. other things that are going on in this one. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, seven and a half out of ten. Good performances, too. And uh, next up, I watched uh, Mischief Night uh, from, shit, I don't know, 2013, 14, or something like that. Uh, this, one, this one is pretty interesting, too, actually. Really fucking odd film uh, about a girl that, again, she is babysitting at this couple's house and whatnot. And, uh, you know, this dude shows up at her place he's wearing like this white mask and starts kind of harassing her and shit like that and fuck i don't i don't really think i want to say anything else but i I will so this guy starts harassing her she kind of fights back and stuff and then they become kind of they start kind of bonding on this odd level and then everything kind of escalates from there um this is a really weird one because you expect it to be a slasher film, essentially, like a home invasion type slasher film type deal. It's set on, of course, Halloween. And it really doesn't turn out like that at all. It kind of has some really awesome twists and turns in it. Really good film. Really good film. This is one of those after dark horror fest films. And I do recommend this. It was really interesting. Kind of caught me off guard. Seven and a half out of ten again. Uh, 2014, wrong turn six. I watched last night. Um, this one, of course, is just another wrong turn film about a guy that inherits a hotel and then, st- uh, he goes there with his group of friends and whatnot. And soon after arriving there, he finds out that he's actually related to, or he finds more about his family history and stuff like that. And then he gets more involved in that family history and then shit kind of escalates from there and people start dying off and like, they do in a wrong turn film. Um, pretty interesting film, actually. I got to say, I like the take that they took on this. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it was a pretty interesting ending, too. So I think we'll see some more wrong turn films. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But uh, no, it was it was pretty cool. The decent kills, some very odd things going on in it that I won't ruin for anybody. But uh, I give it about a seven. So was it at a resort? Was that it right? is actually, yeah, it's actually, right. it's actually, he inherits a hotel and it's like a, a resort hotel type deal. 
and uh, yeah, so kind of goes from there. Pretty interesting stuff. And last up for my list is uh, a film from 1993, and it's called The Nostril Picker, also known as The Changer. I think the original title is The Changer. Um, Massacre Video put it out as The Nostril Picker. Actually, they put it out as both. You can get a VHS of both. Um, and it's essentially about this dude, this fucking lonely, weird, creepo dude that uh, kind of has women issues, obviously. He's hitting on women on the streets and stuff, not going anywhere with that. Anyways, this random, like, fucking uh, homeless dude comes up to him, and he's like, he, ends, he basically gives him the power to kind of change himself into what he wants. So he uses this power to change himself into a woman so he can become friends with women. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's funny because on screen you see him as, like, this kind of middle-aged guy. But, you know, to them he's like this woman. So, anyways, he goes to school. He becomes friends with all these women. And his his motive is to basically become friends with them and, uh, you know, just kind of do whatever. But the key, the thing is, though... The, this uh, the, this old homeless guy told me, said, you know, if you use this power that I give you, it might make you a little crazy. So he turns into this woman. It does make him crazy. So then essentially he starts killing off these women one by one, eating them and doing like all this horrific bullshit to them and stuff. Uh, man, dude, this movie is funny. It's like from 1993, but it feels like it's like from 1986. <laughs> it's like really, really old feeling. Super low budget. Not shot on video. I think it was shot on um I don't really know what it was shot on, actually. It's not video, though. But um, maybe like a Super 8 or not even Super 8. I don't know. But so it has that like low budget feel to it, but really, really cheesy synth music and stuff. You guys would probably hate the shit out of this movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was actually quite funny in parts. Uh, decent gore and stuff. Not overly over the top and stuff, but eh, 6 out of 10. Alrighty. So, yeah, moving along into the pick of the weeks. Jeremy, you got yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So the film I'm going to be talking about for my pick of the week was a film that Moods actually talked about a few weeks ago. And that is a film uh, released in 2014, uh, shot in 2013, released by Synapse that's titled Worm. Um, this film is fucking awesome. I know Moods really enjoyed it as well, but um, after he talked about it, I had to go out and... Um, and grab a copy and i was able to score one for like i think i paid like five bucks for it on ebay which was a killer score but um as mood says basically this film is about a futuristic world that the people who live in it cannot uh cannot dream any longer Uh, i know i said that i said to moods and jp that they never really explained why these people can't dream anymore and i know mood said oh it's not really important which I guess it's not important after I thought about it after I finished watching the film and things like that. So we never really know why these people can't dream. But um, they invent this thing called uh, Fascinites. Fantasites or something like that. And um, Fantasites, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're like worms. And you put them in your ears and it creates these extreme dreams and euphoria in the people who use them. And um, people start, of course, abusing them and things like that, and they finally get outlawed in in the uh, in the United States. I'd assume where the film takes place. So after that, people, of course, start to try to hunt down these things on the black market and things like that. So, um, so we follow this character, Charlie. Uh, he's a really strange dude. Um, he he obviously doesn't have any friends or or anything like that. And uh, he tries to make friends with, like, the neighbors and things like that. But he, he's just awkward. 
and of course he can't dream so he goes to buy these these worms and um he has to, he can only afford the the cheap package instead of the expensive package so he you know tries to be a big shot and um you know talk up to his neighbor about these worms and they end up he ends up switching the worms and things like that so of course um they get outlawed and he gets a totally different personality change because he gets addicted to these worms and um since you no longer could get them he does things that he normally wouldn't do to try and uh you know buy these worms in the black market so um this film really starts out as a as a black comedy type of a film like it, it, was, it made me laugh quite a few times during the first i don't know even like three-fourths of the film i did not expect that i thought it was going to be a lot of a, a little bit of a darker type of a film i did not expect to have any kind of black uh black comedy aspects to it but as as the film goes on and we go to the final fourth of the film where charlie's trying to get the worms on the black market and he's doing some pretty fucked up things the film's uh message totally switches and things like that and this film is is really in what sorry moods the tone totally changes like yeah. in the last probably 25 minutes of the film yeah yeah um this film has a fucking brilliant message about consumerism in the united states especially uh just in the beginning with the worms oh you don't have the better worms and then oh you have to try and be you know try to impress your friends but having the biggest and best thing like that and there's kind of consumerism messages spread throughout the film and things like that which i found really interesting um, I'd be curious. You could easily write a, a interesting paper on this film about cons- about the way it describes consumerism and things like that. But it's just a really fucking awesome film. Um, really nice release from Synapse. Uh, not too much special features on it. There's this was based on a short film that was made in 48 hours, actually. So uh, that's on there. Did you watch the short? Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's the same actors and everything, pretty much. And they look, and, but they look different though. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> and then there's yeah. like a commentary and some deleted scenes. So I wish they would have had a making of type of a featurette on it. I thought that would have been interesting to watch and things like that. But um, fantastic release from Synapse. If you guys could pick it up, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's a really enjoyable film. And um, it makes you think about the world that we live in and how much uh, material goods affect our lives. Um, very awesome. Nine and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Moods! Do you remember what you rated it? Um, I think I also gave it nine and a half, didn't I? Uh, rather, I can't even remember actually. But I'm so bad with remembering my my ratings. But no, it is really good. And yeah, the message on consumerism and stuff is it's there. Um, I like the. Uh, I guess, I guess they kind of have like mini commercials for the, yeah, the yeah, electrolytes yeah. and things. Stuff like that, so uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's very, very weird. It's a weird very film. Very strange film. Highly, yeah. highly recommended. Cool, cool. So I guess uh, that's me with my pick of the week. And my pick of the week is a bit of a surprising one. It was definitely a surprise. And it is Oculus from the year 2013, released really? on video in 2014. Uh, this one follows a young man who's about 21 years old named Tim. Uh, he has just been released from a mental institution where he spent, uh, give or take, 10 years of his life uh, after some kind of, uh, 
unfortunate events happened to him as a kid. Uh, he is almost sort of brainwashed into believing that uh, he really was crazy when his sister Kaylee, uh, who kind of takes him into her home, is trying to convince him that no, you was right the whole time. That and the you know people in the institution were trying to get you to uh, believe that you actually did these things. Anyway, there is a mirror. And this mirror is kind of the source of all their pain and trouble and the source of what destroyed their family. Because this mirror is somehow uh, evil or something. We really don't know. And Kaylee has decided that she is going to uh, exonerate her brother. Uh, and she kind of sets up all of these different variables. She has many different cameras. She has room temperature settings. She has... Um, all these different sort of uh, devices to keep uh, the mirror from uh, controlling them. Because kind of what the mirror does is it just makes – it messes with your head where you see things that aren't really there. It's like a big hallucination. And essentially the film kind of just is about her trying to convince her brother that that he wasn't crazy and uh, she's also trying to stop the mirror. Now, what I liked about this one was it seems like it could have been very generic, like, ooh, a haunted mirror, right? But it's not. They actually go really deep into the mythology of the mirror, yet they never really explain what it is. And I just found that very intriguing because the whole time – That's you, interesting. You want to know more about the mirror, and then you kind of realize, like, they're telling me so much about the mirror, but I still don't know shit about it. Um <laughs> And I do feel like a bit of the um, uh, dialogue when she's uh, explaining the mirror is a bit manufactured. It seems kind of Hollywood because she's just, you know, this and this and this and this. And she's like so quick with it that it, it really does feel unrealistic. It kind of takes you out of it a bit. But I thought it was still really cool that she knew all this history of the mirror. And this one was – Really interesting in the way that it is also spliced with um, – the film is spliced with flashbacks. But what's so cool about it is that it never really lets you know when it's doing a flashback. So you're watching stuff that's taking place in present time with Kaylee and her brother, 21-year-old brother. And then all of a sudden you're watching a similar type of thing with them as kids, but it, you don't realize it right away because of how well done it is. Mm -hmm. Um, overall, I mean, I just really thought that that concept was cool. The, the editing was really fantastic in the way that they did that. But I will say that it started to fall apart towards, uh, the later part of the film where I was like, okay, now it really does kind of just feel like maybe like a haunted mirror film. But then something really awesome happened, and that was the ending. And I thought the ending completely saved this film from just being average to taking it above average and um, really, really kind of escalating it to that 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 pick of the week status. And I, I was super surprised with this one overall. I really, really did enjoy it. It was a, it was a cool original mainstream film, which was completely surprising. And this one definitely. Um, I don't think gets the props that it deserves because it really did something kind of different. And I, I really did enjoy it. it. It was really cool. Um, so I give it a seven and a half out of 10. I was totally expecting you to have a higher rating <laughs> after that. That was weird. I was like, yeah, but uh, boots, you've been looking for this film. I know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
to uh, be honest, this this movie has been recommended to me more than any film this year. Yeah. Wow. And I still have not seen it. I like I said, I obviously don't own it, but yeah, I just haven't seen it or nothing. So. And I, I think know. that sometimes I um, don't do a good job of kind of get, like foreshadowing my rating. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot that I do that. Like I'll just decide to pick out certain things when really I should kind of structure it around um, like how I'm going to rate it. But I, I think the main problems was uh, when it would just kind of remind you that like uh, it was a film or it felt like manufactured or almost Hollywoodish. Um, and those things kind of annoyed me a bit. Um, but you know, the, I, you know, I could possibly go up a little bit on this one. Um, but I, I think I'm going to stick with the seven and a half for now, but I, I do think it's mm. upon rewatch. Maybe I could go up to an eight or something. It's always pleasant to hear that, uh, you know, there's a fresh mainstream movie out there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just so not that often that you hear like yeah the movie's actually really good and, and you know original. what actually you know now that i'm thinking about it i there was actually some really effective scenes of um like cringeworthy stuff that i totally forgot about because i mean i watched this like four weeks ago you know um and since we didn't do any show you know where i could talk about it i saved it but there was a scene where i, I believe it was in the trailer um, where a character, this is just an example of the type of, uh, film and the, the storyline with this mirror. Basically, this character is eating an apple and she's, you know, monitoring the mirror. She sits the apple down and she's changing a light bulb. Um, and then she picks the apple up and she bites it and it's, it's the light bulb. It's not, it's not the apple and the apple is still sitting on the table and it's, fucking makes you cringe because it's like you know that sound where it's like glass crunching yeah, and yeah. crunch yeah in teeth, you know the scene in american history x where the like teeth scrape the curb uh, like it's like yeah. that feeling so i was like yeah you know what x x that i'm actually gonna change my rating right now <laughs> I, I i truly am I, I i after thinking about it this is definitely an eight film um it's definitely a, a buy. I would say, you know, grab this film. Um, I plan on grabbing it. I actually rented it out of the Redbox, but I will buy this film because I really did like it. Hmm. Interesting. That might be the first time someone's ever, like, changed their rating after they gave a rating. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I think – no, yeah. De- Jeremy's definitely done it a couple times, actually. Has he? Okay. Yeah. Now hmm. that I think about it. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out, man. It it definitely sounds really interesting, you know. Yeah, I I think you'll like it. I think you would. So visually, it's pretty good, though, too? Yeah, yeah. And I think you'll actually appreciate the editing in it because um, the way that they trick you, because the film is about a mirror that's tricking the characters into thinking they're seeing stuff that they're not. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. you're being tricked as a viewer into not really knowing which era the scenes are taking place in because it it switches back to the flashbacks and that doesn't really start picking up till late in the film like it starts gradually where it's just like you know when it's a flashback but then when the climax is happening and everything's all fast paced you're like kind of confused because it keeps going back and forth but it's a good kind of confused because it's it's interesting it makes it more um entertaining Mm -hmm. cool Cool. I just talked myself up a half point on a rating. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it's the other person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, alrighty, so my uh, my pick of the week this week is uh, 
a brand new film from 2014, and it's a Canadian film called Wolf Cop. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's one thing that it's, about this one. It's one thing that you know Canadians seem to do well is werewolf films. I guess I don't know. Um, this one's completely different as you know such films as like Ginger Snaps and stuff, but. It's got a pretty interesting premise to it. Uh, basically, it follows your main character. His name is Lou. Um, he's the sheriff of the small little, the small little town, like we're talking tiny town, called Woodhaven. Uh, this is all shot in Saskatchewan in Canada. Um, I don't know if it's a real city or not. I've never been there, but um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, Lou is like, <laughs> he's not really the best sheriff in the town. Uh, you know, the best sheriff out there um he has a drinking problem like a severe drinking problem like he likes to get shit-faced every single night and wake up in random places and he's just not very good at his job at all um and the funny thing about him not being very good at his job is that he comes from a line of uh, police officers his father was like an excellent sheriff excellent cop apparently and yeah it just wasn't really passed down to him so uh you know that well and uh it's quite noticeable and you know the his coworkers and stuff and his boss they they kind of rip on him a little bit for being the way he is and stuff like that um so anyways you know you get introduced to his character <laughs> it's actually pretty comical the way they do it um but anyways anyways one day um you know basically the biggest issues that happen in wood woodhaven is like there's like random little robberies and stuff but they have like a pet problem you know people's pets always seem to go missing and that's like pretty much all the action that happens in this city but anyways um so he kind of feels bad one day that he keeps sending out his partner to do all these calls and stuff and he's just kind of abuses her because <laughs> he's kind of an asshole uh doesn't really think about things and uh you know she's always covering for him and stuff but anyways this one specific day this call comes in and she's like well i might as well go to this call and he's like oh never mind he's like don't worry about it sit down i will go to this call and uh and she's like okay that's fucked up so anyways he goes out to this call uh soon after arriving at this disturbance call or whatever um he blacks out and he wakes up uh like the next day and everyone just kind of assumes that you know he doesn't show up to work cuz he's always late for work and stuff that he was just on another drinking binge or whatever and uh it's not really the case he um he actually uh, wakes up in this place and he's like all kind of disoriented and stuff. And he kind of starts growing like hair and like, you know, basically kind of transforming into a wolf and stuff like that. And then he eventually does, he goes like full blown <laughs> werewolf and stuff. But the funny thing is he's still, he's still in the back of his mind. He's like, I still have a job to do. So now he's like wolf cop. Right. Um, but wolf the weird cop. thing. So now he's like doing his job as a wolf cop. It's like completely ridiculous. Um, and then, Basically, uh, so his partner obviously figures out that he's like wolf cop and they're trying to figure out what the fuck happened to him that night. Like, how did you go to this place, blackout and wake up as a fucking werewolf? Like, what the hell happened? So him and his partner trying to figure it out with the help of like another one of his friends and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave the whole synopsis right there because I, I can't really go any further. Um, there is like a whole explanation to what happens to him and stuff like that. And it's actually pretty cool. Uh, what's going on in the city. There's like all this kind of underworld stuff going on. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Um, now the movie's kind of in the vein of like, you know, Hobo with a Shotgun. It's not like full on grind, grindhouse, but it has like, you know, comedic, comedic elements to it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, that actually do work. I think a lot of the jokes are really funny, especially for Canadian viewers, because there's a lot of like just ridiculous Canadian jokes in there that, you know, other people viewing might not fully understand. 
Um, so that's got it's got you know it's got that going for it, which is really cool and stuff. Um, but uh, overall, it's it's actually really fun and really well made. I have to say, I think everyone you know in the film does a really good job with the acting and especially the effects. Like <laughs> the wolf, the wolf makeup is fantastic. It looks really really good. Uh, there's a fucking ridiculous scene with a huge wolf cock. Um, of course, <laughs> but I, I have to point out cause it's so funny <laughs> the way it happens, man. It's just ridiculous. Um, Is that a hairy wolf cock? No, it's kind of like slimy and pink. You oh, know, think of, uh... like a, like a dog. <laughs> yeah, red pretty rocket. much. Yeah. Red rocket kind of. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a really fun film. Like it sounds kind of ridiculous, because I mean, obviously, it's a wolf cop. You know, the premise is kind of stupid, but, but the overall, like, you know, the actual story that comes out of it is actually pretty interesting. And you know, it's definitely something, something that they could explore, you know, with a sequel or something like that too, which is pretty interesting. But I do highly recommend it. It's a fun time if you like werewolf films. It's a little different. You know, it's kind of tongue in cheek at times. Well, most of the time, kind of. But it's not like ridiculous. It's it's pretty fun. So. Mm. um yeah, if I had to rate this one, I'm probably going to give it, I'm going to give it about a seven and a half. Like, it's not mind blowing or anything. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this film, it doesn't really have any downtime at all in it either. It only runs about 75 minutes. So it gets right into the story, like right away. And it's just like pretty much nonstop. There's some pretty good action scenes in this and uh, really good gore, really good gore too. So, um, yeah, what can I say? It's Wolf Cop. Sounds pretty awesome. I hope that gets a. Apparently, apparently it's supposed to come out in region one, I believe, like February, March time or something like that. Oh, cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really odd why it's coming out so much later than the Uh UK gets it, but who knows? But we are getting one though for sure. It did have a cool cover. Oh yeah, the cover art's fantastic. There's actually quite a few different covers for this, but the the art like this original poster art is amazing. Good shit. I find it funny when they do like. Uh, you know, like cop stuff, like um, samurai cop and uh, scanner <laughs> cop and maniac cop and wolf cop. <laughs> I just like. I wonder how many there are. Oh, there's got to be tons of them, man. There's psycho cop. Psycho cop. Yeah, there's lots. But I just like the whole premise of this guy that he's like a shitty cop and he's like, but he's like a total boozer. <laughs> I just love that because, you know, it's just so fitting to where he works. He works in this small little shit town with no action. So what do you do? You drink because he fucking hates his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. It's a fun time. So, so I guess that's going to do it for our pick of the weeks and the show. So the I show. hope everybody out there enjoyed the show. Um, we had, we talked about I I wonder how many films that we actually talked about in this in this episode. There I think it lot. broke records. I <laughs> like think there must did. be like at least thirty films or something like that. Oh, Maybe no, even no, more no. than There's that. There's more than that, dude. Yeah, because I think I, I I think I had eleven cuts. I had twenty or something yeah. like that at least. And Jeremy so. was pushing yeah. I had like twenty twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, so crazy. I even I didn't even write down all mine either. It's probably a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah, it just would have went on way too long. So but anyways, do we know guys, what that's next week's show is. Do we know what next week's show is? I mean, um, I know what it's supposed to be, but are we going to be doing that? I don't think so. Okay. I really, really don't. So we're gonna have to figure out something. But yeah, it'll be a surprise. It will be a surprise show. So once again, guys, uh, if you <clears> that boy in his dog. <laughs> if you have any uh, questions or whatnot. 
you know, there's lots of places to leave them. Of course, emails, phone numbers, Facebook pages, whatever. Ask us questions. We'll, you know, answer those for sure next week. So that's going to do it for episode 30. And Jeremy? All right. So hope everybody enjoyed episode number 30 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash NES Oh my god. YouTube.com slash mood six one six or click the subscribe button down below. I did it so good last week too. If you want to follow JP, aka the man That's who shots about the Pee Wee's Playhouse movie announcement, you could do so at youtube.com slash double shot J. And as always you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash NES Ruler twenty two. And you guys can also watch us on the devil's eyes.com. And as always, if you have any questions, you could email us at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's 22 shots of moods, A and D horror at gmail.com. And as always, you could follow us on Twitter at Twitter at 22 shots podcast. And as always, you can leave us any voicemails you have at 724-426-6665. And that shall do it for the 30th episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. Hope everybody has a good week, and we shall talk to you guys again next week. Talk to you guys soon. Yeah. 7-2-4 all day, baby. <laughs> Seven deuce foes. Weird actually being at home on a Halloween. I think that's the first time ever. I yeah. swear. So oh, weird. Like for, a fr- like for a Friday night. That might be going at the end of the show. Was that recording? Yes. No fucking way. Oh my god. I'm not going to lie. I had this butter chicken last night and I've had the worst gas. Oh, JP, I love you been, for life. It's been so fucking gross. You put me, you made fun of me at the end. Come I know, I know. That was a, that was a good edit in there too. If there's, if there's funny clips, I usually try to save them and uh, like throw it at the end of a show. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's like just funny. I think I can smell it. Oh, God. I bet you can. It's fucking horrid, man. Smell a vision. Ugh. Ugh. All right.